grounds were stomped, names were taken, asses were kicked, <laughs> and we're we're moving on to Extreme Rules. It's the Chick Foley Show, and I am live in the Jimmy's Famous Seafood Studios. This is the Hot Take Kid, Phil Gentile, Sheena Phelps, in Virginia now. Sheena, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. I am coming to you live with fresh, high-speed internet for the first time in like a long time so i hope you guys i hope i'm coming through loud and clear because i'm so excited to be be here with my my cox high speed internet we we went ahead and got like the little you know self-install we weren't going to wait for somebody to make an appointment to come out we're like no no just give us the router <laughs> we, can, we, we can do this ourselves um and that was the first thing we got set up so it's it's been nice very nice yeah priorities priorities we got a lot of wrestling coming up in the next couple of weeks so we gotta make sure we are tuned in um oh yeah yeah, for sure. We went and got us a little 28-inch Vizio, you know, cheap because our TV probably won't be here for, you know, until the weekend. Um, so we got us a little TV. We got our Xbox hookup. So we will be able to watch anything and everything that comes through. Speaking of Xbox, me and you and uh, the heel husband, Seth Phelps, mm-hmm. did a Patreon exclusive episode last Friday or Saturday. I think it was Friday. Friday. Uh, we ranked our top five favorite wrestling video games of all time. So any... Uh, patrons are eligible to listen to that and if you're a patreon and you don't have the uh the code to be able to link uh all of our patreon episodes to like your itunes playlist and any podcast app i can walk you through that it's pretty simple and we actually have a post on the patreon page about how to do that because then you don't have to go to patreon to listen to them you can just listen to them right on the uh, podcast app on your iphone but we do have two new patreon members this week sheena and much easier names to remember: Corey Handy and Aaron Kakamo. Kakamo, Kakamo, I think. Oh, after you said they're easier names to remember, then you're gonna botch his name like that. So, well, you how would you say this? C A C C A M O. How would you say that name? Kakamo, like down Kak- in Kakamo. It's Kokomo, yeah. I know. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining the Foley family, and you as well, if you're listening, can join too. It's a dollar a month. You get uh, Sheena's wonderful show notes. You get an invite to our Facebook closed group where we buy and sell figs and talk about wrestling 24-7. We also do bonus episodes, uh, some unboxing videos. I'm going to do some this weekend while the uh, the wife is away at my uh, sister's house taking care of her baby. And uh, so I'll be able to stay up late and just make some videos for you guys and get drunk by myself, which is always fun. But yeah, uh, sure. it's patreon.com slash Chick Foley Show. We hope you guys sign up, support the show. All the money that we get goes uh, into um, you know lap dances for uh, me and Sheena when we hang <laughs> out. And uh, if we have any left over, we, we spend it on wrestling figures for you guys. So For sure, for sure. Lap dances are always a priority. But yeah, whatever's left over, we like to do for giveaways and you know keep a little keep a little money in the bank to make sure that we're, we're giving you guys the, the best Chick Foley experience. Uh, before we get into Stomping Grounds and Raw and SmackDown, there's some news that broke this uh, morning that we need to touch on, and uh, it's pretty big. It, it sounds like uh, Paul Heyman is going to be taking over uh, the kind of the head writer, I don't know how they call it, executive producer or what they called it, but he's going to mm-hmm. be in charge of Raw. Eric Bischoff coming back and in charge of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not uh, usually a pretty positive person, Sheena. Uh, I have I'm a kind of glass half full kind of guy, but I, I or glass half empty, I guess I should say. Yeah. I, I'm super excited about this. I think this is exactly what WWE needs, and they realize there's a problem with the product, and they're bringing in two guys that have done it before really, really well. I'm pretty pumped. 
Yeah, you know, I, I was actually surprised at your level of positivity. We were talking about it on the Facebook page today, and you know, there some of our some of our Chick Foley fan was a little bit down on it, or a little bit, you know, um, just kind of like calloused to the idea, like you know, nothing's going to change. You know, even myself, I was like, you know, I mean, the the, the article said that they're still going to report to Vince. Um, so my my immediate thought was, well. I mean, how much is going to change if they have to filter everything they're doing through through Vince? Um, but some of our, what you came through with the positive, the powers of positivity, and then one <laughs> of our guys, um, Aaron, came through with the powers of positivity, and I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe I need to be looking at this as a uh, as a glass half full situation because here's here's my here's my thoughts on it. You know, it's it's not going to make anything worse, right? Yeah, good. So good I call. mean. There, yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no way that it's going to make it worse. So why would, you know, why am I going to be shitting on it before I even, you know, before it even has a chance to, like, blossom at yeah. all, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. It, it can't get any worse than it's been mm-hmm. over the last couple months where, you know, I actually thought Raw was pretty good this week, but we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a minute. Um, I'm excited, and I mean, now with Bruce Pritchard in the fold, I feel like, uh, they're 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 picking off these Conrad Thompson podcasts one at a time. I don't know if they'll still end up doing the Bischoff podcast or what, but uh, I think there's got to be a double edged sword here where you Dude, know Con- Conrad's yeah. on the AEW uh, payroll there, and they're they're probably not too happy with that, so they're they're Dude, picking off if, his boys. Uh, if we get if we get Tony Schiavone on commentary, like it, it's going to be amazing. You know, I'm going to be like, oh my god, what, what's going on? What year is this? Did we survive Y2K? Like what? <laughs> What happened here? Like we're we're in a time warp now. You know, Lion King and Child's Play and Toy Story are in the theaters, and we got freaking Bischoff and Heyman running things. And you know, it's it's a it's a weird world we're living in right now. But uh, yeah, I, I think what's cool about it is like you know, kind of what um, touching on what Aaron Collins said. He's one of our our Chick Foley fam. He was just saying like you know. I think people are going to expect it to be, you know, like the, people hear this news and they're either getting, they're either one of two ways, like we were, where they're either super excited about it and like, you know, positive about it, you know, hopeful, or they are shitting on it immediately. Um, and the ones who, and both, I guess both parties could be guilty of this, but they're going to expect an immediate change, right? Like next week on Raw, they're going to be like, if, if Raw isn't great, they're going to be like, oh my God, see, like this is so stupid. Like nothing's going to change. But these types of things take time. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, this will take have, months. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have yeah. to probably write. I mean, I don't know if this is something that's in the works. I think Heyman was on the creative team for, for Raw for a while now, but now he's just kind of kind of the, the man in charge under Vince. But yeah, yeah, it's going to take at least until probably a month or two, maybe SummerSlam time, I would mm-hmm. think. But yeah, I think it's overall good. I mean, you have guys that uh, know what they're doing, and a lot of people were upset that just because you know they're still answering to Vince, so what's really going to change? But somebody made up a, a good point that with the XFL, with you know about a year right. away from that, I, I got to right. think he's sh- shifting some of his focus to that and letting Triple H and some of these other guys run stuff, which you know is going to be good for the fans for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think sometimes as, as fans, you know, something that, uh, another thing that Aaron touched on that I thought was a really good point and kind of like opened my eyes a little bit is that, you know, back in the day, um, why things were so great is because the fans didn't really have a voice. You know what I mean? We, we didn't have social media platforms. We didn't have, you know, the internet in the way that we have it today where we can just go on and gripe about things and go on Twitter and, you know, bash and tag and do all those things um, where we feel like we know better than, 
you know, the writers and the, the creative team and all these people, um, you know, we just watched it and we accepted what we got and we, you know, watched it week to week to be entertained. Now we watch it week to week to pick it apart, to feel like we know better because we know so much about what's going on behind the scenes. And that was another thing about back in the day. We didn't really have this, this, you know, man behind the curtain look, look into everything like we have now. Like, we you know, we, we know what's going on behind the scenes 24 seven all the time nowadays. And back then it wasn't like that. So it wasn't, we weren't so critical of it. So if we could just kind of just take a step back and like really start to just maybe digest the product in a way where we're not completely overanalyzing it, just watching to be entertained. Like I always say, um, I think we could really, really get an awesome change out of these, these two guys, you know, kind of being at the helm of, of raw and SmackDown, especially with SmackDown going to a new platform and a new network and stuff. I think it could be a really, a really awesome, you know, turn for WWE. Me too. I'm excited to see what comes from it. And, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens here going forward. Another big news that came out over the last couple of days is, uh, the Twitter feud between your boy and my new, mm. my new boy, Seth Rollins, <laughs> and um, the indie darling Will Osprey. So, yeah, um, I I loved this. I love this more than the Bischoff Heyman news because there's been so much fucking chirping from all these bingo hall hall assholes <laughs> that you know, and all these smarks that just they claim they hate WWE and don't watch it, but you know they tweet about everything that happens on Raw and SmackDown every single week. And, right. that, and that's just my response to him. Then stop watching, man. I mean, yeah. if you, if a restaurant sucks, you're going to go there every single night to get dinner. No, you just stop going. You don't have to talk about it every goddamn day. And I'm I'm glad that Seth Rollins is stepping up and defending the company he works for. I mean, the WWE is the biggest company in this business. It's what we've watched our entire lives. And yeah. for people to shit on it, you know, it's maybe it's not what it used to be, but it's it's a whole different animal now. It's a publicly traded company. They have you know, 15 pay-per-views. They wrestle 300 days, a, you know, a, a year. Uh, so for this, and I don't know Will Ospreay. I don't know anything about his wrestling. He's probably a good wrestler. Yeah, I, he, that's, is. That's, he that's, is. That's not even my point. I don't even care about that. Yeah. For him to come at, you know, to, to respond to Seth Rollins and p- try to pick a fight with, you know, pound for pound, one of the best wrestlers in, in the business today just mm-hmm. made me laugh. And he's still talking on Twitter yeah. right now. And I want to get your take on it because I don't, I don't know if you're as, you know, pro WWE is me, but, uh, I know you're close. Yeah, I am pro WWE. Um, you know, and I, I, I've, I've said from the beginning, I'm not against, um, I'm not against an alternative. I'm not against a, not against competition. I think competition makes everybody better. Um, but you know, this whole Twitter feud, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, he, the reason he started this just to simply say like, you know, he, he said he, his tweet says his first tweet was like doubling down best pro wrestling on the planet. See that cruiserweight triple threat. That's just one night, one match amongst many find anyone that um, else, any find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as I do as often as I do it. You can't. Um, and, and it's true. You know, the thing, here's the thing, you know, um, there may be people who have wrestled as many matches as Seth Rollins, um, but you have to take you you can't just take that slice of the pie. Like when you're talking about a WWE superstar, these guys are not only on the road, you know, 300 plus days a year, traveling from city to city, wrestling, you know, um, on weekly live television, wrestling at house shows. They're also doing freaking media appearances and charity events and fan engagements and all of these things that make these superstars larger than life. They're shooting movies. They're doing commercials. They're doing all of these things that are outside of the ring that we're not even seeing a lot of, you know what I mean? So like, that's what makes these guys like 
the top, the upper echelon, because it, it takes a very special breed of person to be able to work at that capacity and not just completely burn out, you know, and Seth Rollins is, is arguably, arguably, like you said, pound for pound, one of the best wrestlers in this business. And he still does all that stuff. You know what I mean? So like, I just don't think there's any, any argument, you know? No. And, and WWE is, geared toward everyone i mean they're they're trying to entertain the hardcore fans but they have kids they have families and all this it's not wrestling in front of 400 people uh full of dudes that work the fryer at arby's in a bingo yeah. hall you know and just making yeah. it like you know a, a, a flipsy do fest and not selling anything and yes. you know those guys are super talented it's a completely different style of wrestling you know it is, and you know, you 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 t- you can't you can't discredit the fact that these guys put on a weekly live television show every freaking week. It's the longest running episodic television show ever. You know what I mean? So like, you cannot you cannot discredit that. Like, there is no there is no other business that has been able to do that other than WWE. Continually put on live performances year in and year out, year round. Um, without fail, you know, I mean, the, the wheel just keeps on turning and that's, that, that, that has not been proven for any of these other indie organizations. You know what I mean? Like none of them have been able to step up into that realm and hang with the WWE. Yeah, it's, it's, it's laughable. And, you know, I'm sure Will Ospreay, he's younger. He's going to get, you know, to a higher level at some point. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's, an, he's an amazing wrestler. There is, I'm, I'm not taking away anything from Will Ospreay. And you know what? If he wanted to step up to Seth Rollins for whatever reason, that's fine. But it's, it's like you said, it's laughable because it's just, there's just no comparison. It's like apple, it's like apples and oranges, you know? And, and you cannot, you cannot freaking discredit Seth for being loyal to a company that has given him so much. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you work for a company that paid you an incredible salary, gave you so much notoriety is going to give you a career even after you leave WWE. I mean, I have no doubt that Seth Rollins has bigger things on the horizon after he leaves WWE. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, it just blows my mind how, how, how these guys, especially, you know, he's, he's kind of had a little bit of a feud. He talked to sports illustrated cause he was responding to Dean Ambrose's uh, interview with Chris Jericho. You know, how, we, we talked about that previously on mm-hmm. the podcast. If, yep. And if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely go listen to that. You know, Dean Ambrose did a kind of a shoot, you know, tell all interview with, with Chris Jericho on his podcast, you know, talking about why he left WWE and all these things. And, you know, to me, I kind of felt like, you know, Dean took, he he did take a little bit of the high road in the beginning. He didn't like completely bash WWE, but then he kind of went in and like took direct shots and kind of just seemed like he was just like being very pointed with why he was, why he was unhappy or whatever, and kind of just laid it all out there. Well, Seth kind of responded to that when he was doing his sports illustrated interview and just said, you know, some guys can't, you know, Dean Ambrose is an amazing talent. He's incredible. I'm glad he's, he's, you know, doing all the things that he's doing right now, but some guys just don't have it. And that's exactly what I was alluding to earlier. Like to be able to perform at that capacity for long term, some guys just don't have it. And some guys just don't want it. You know, if that's not what you want for your career and your life, that's okay. It's totally okay. Like, not everyone wants to be a WWE wrestler and wants to be on the road that many days a year and all of that. But for those guys who are, you can't say that they're not they're not the top the top of the top. You know what I mean? They're not the cream of the crop because they are. 
And you can't you can't pick a fight with with you know the biggest name and the biggest company and then like try to back down or I mean the, the Kenny Omega thing was upsetting too. Did you see what he tweeted? Oh yeah, about um, the the uh, fight for the fallen, um, yeah. about the the whole evolve thing. I th- I think that is so funny. It, it cracks me up because like I mean he deleted that tweet. Yeah, I'm gonna read. I have it here in front of me. He says if lining your pockets with blood money is okay. And what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel like I'm going to be sick. So this is in reference to WWE airing the Evolve 10th anniversary show on the same night as Fight for the Fallen, uh, which is also yeah. free on uh, for Bleacher Report. And I guess they're putting part of the proceeds of that to the victims of the Park, what's it, Parkview, whatever it is, Parkville tragedy. I can't remember. Yeah. Yep. But uh, my, my thing is, is like, are, you are, you are intimidated by an Evolve show. You're going to get upset because WWE is airing an Evolve show. Like, get over yourself. Like, you're the one that wanted this competition. It's so funny because I was listening to another podcast um, and they brought up something that I didn't even know because I had seen that tweet from Kenny Omega that said um, about, you know, lining their pockets with blood money and all those things. And I was like, you know, you know, it is kind of iffy or whatever. But then um, on this other podcast I was listening to, he was uh, they were talking about how the cons have dealings with Saudi Arabia, too. Like they have real estate deals like there's been proven, you know, they've given like hundreds of thousands of dollars to Saudi Arabia for like, you know, business deals and all this stuff. And I'm like, but so now you're going to talk shit about WWE doing business with the Saudi Arabian government and, you know, Tony Khan and his family have done business with the Saudi Arabian government and Tony Khan owns AEW. Like maybe that's why he deleted the tweet. <laughs> you know, Tony Khan was like abort mission. Abort I'm, I'm mission. telling you, if you, you hit it on the head, like if you want competition and that's all AEW was talking about before they started now it's here now. So you can't back down and you, you touched on it even earlier. If there was a uh, Twitter during the, Monday Night Wars, it would have sucked all the fun out of everything because exactly. now I have to hear all this backstage bullshit that instead of just worrying about the actual wrestling in the ring and Kenny Omega, you know, complaining that a free show that's on, you know, it's not even anywhere near where they're doing their show and yeah. it's a free show as well. And, and I'm sure whatever charity they're doing it for, they've already sold all the tickets. I mean, it's already, you know, it's not like they're infringing on, they're not going to hurt this charity show that they're putting on. So what's, yeah. the, what's the big deal here, man? I mean, it, it's it's kind of petty to bring that up and use that as an excuse when, you know, when, you know, it's cool that WWE is, you know, even if they are doing it for the wrong reasons, like just to show up AEW, we're, we're getting some cool wrestling of something that we wouldn't be, be able to see. and. Yeah. The Evolve show I went to, I've talked about numerous times on the show. I got to see uh, Riddle and Cedric Alexander and Gulak and all these guys before they came up. Tony Nice didn't know yeah. didn't know who any of them were. They came locally, and I don't really know. They're kind of, I guess, a minor league below NXT. There's a lot of you know the WWE sends guys down there. Some of the undisputed era guys are going to be on the <laughs> show, um, but it's you know it's great wrestling, and it's you know it's cool that in, in 2019 the WWE is stepping up and giving us something that's not their product on the network and streaming it for people. So 
Um, exactly. And my, my biggest qualm with that is that, you know, AEW claims to support independent wrestling and independent wrestlers and everything. And then these, these poor, like independent wrestlers from, even though they're affiliated with WWE, it's not WWE product, right? So these, these wrestlers that would never get mainstream attention are getting this opportunity to go on the WWE network where there's like million subscribers, right. That, that are going to get to potentially see this product and see these people wrestle that wouldn't have otherwise and AEW wants to bitch about it. I'm like, well, that's a little contradictory. Like, shouldn't you be supportive of these guys getting a chance? Um, and then again, like I said earlier, you ask for competition and you know, um, WWE, we kind of touched on it a few weeks ago, um, that they're doing their NXT UK show on the same day that fighter fest is in June. So June 29th, uh, they're doing the NXT UK show on the same day. And it was announced after, um, they announced the fighter fest was going to be on june 29th granted you know they're at totally different times you know because it's going to be in the uk um you will be able to watch you know wwe nxt uk um and fighter fest you know but you know wwe is coming on first so you may be burned out by the time you get to <laughs> to fighter to fighter fest but i'm like dude you you can't bring a knife to a gunfight you know what i'm saying you ask for competition wwe is going to give you competition they're going to give you what you ask for so be careful what you wish for and when you get it freaking step up to the plate and show people that you're that you're not scared you know what i mean stop bitching about it on social media and stop making it like a uh you know a such a petty, like WWE's being petty. No, you asked for this. It's not petty. They're giving you what you asked for. For sure. Give me what. Give me what I want. You know. Give the people Batiste, what they want. Batista said it best. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's get let's get into stomping grounds here because we got a lot to talk about. And we talked about it last week that this had the makings of a show that people were shitting on. All we mm-hmm. heard about is how they only sold like fifteen tickets to it, and <laughs> and uh, no one was going. And it turned out to be a pretty fun show. I. Uh, we were supposed to record last night, but I, I've had such a busy week, I didn't get a chance to watch it until late last night. But uh, it was a fun show, and uh, and it just made me think with all this shit going on through Twitter and everything. I mean, match after match of, you know, just... And we had we had Kevin Owens in a tag match with Sami Zayn at the second match of the night. like, And it, that was arguably my favorite match of the night, to be quite honest. It was, like, wonderful. So, yeah, I mean... I was very surprised by Stomping Ground. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't say I was surprised because I did say on the podcast, like, these shows have a way to surprise us. But after all of the non-buildup, if you will, and the, you know, them, like you said, them not being able to sell tickets and all those things, um, I thought it was a super fun show. And Phil, it was only, like, three hours long. Like, what? Yeah, yeah it was, I, I was very like, palatable. Yes, very palatable. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Like my attention span was not completely burned out by the end of the night and it felt so good. Uh, by the way, I have a uh, sound clip that the bo- the boys from the uh, Our Vantage Point podcast uh, sent to me of Aleister Black making this weird uh, like puking noise in this promo from SmackDown. So whenever we come across something that we don't like, I'm just gonna oh my ra- God. randomly insert that into the show. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh! But so far, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good card. Let's go from top to bottom here. The, the opening match was surprising to see Becky Lynch in that first match, um, but L- Lacey Evans might not be ready for this moment right now. But mm-mm, her mm-mm. and Corbin are kind of similar. Like it's cool that they're giving a couple people a shot to get into the main you know main event quote unquote and 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 be in these big time feuds. 
that might not be ready for it now, but I mean, we're gonna. I think we're gonna look back on both of these two and think, wow. I mean, this is where they started. But uh, there was a couple botches in this match, but it was a yeah. fun match. I loved. I love the back and forth, and Lacey. Lacey just plays it well. I love. I love when heels like complain about a two count and like ask the ref why it was wasn't three. And not enough people do that nowadays. She did that. Um, she she was just. You know, working working the uh, they kept saying that what the the core area or midsection area mm-hmm. just, they were working. It was they told a good story. It was a good match, and I think it ended the right way. It made you know didn't make Evans look weak. Uh, I think it was good. You know, um, I have a little bit more critical opinion on this on this match. Um, I, I was surprised to see it opening the show, but it just. To me, it, it I was I was excited about Lacey for a little while. Remember, I had I had hated on her for yep, so long, yep. and then and then I saw her do you know a couple matches on Raw, and I was like, okay, okay, this girl's got a little something something. Um, and then I feel like this match kind of exposed her, like you said, like it it kind of exposed her greenness, if you will. Um, and not that she's a bad wrestler, but like you said, it, I don't think she was ready for for this moment. I mean, you could tell Becky was definitely carrying the match. There was a couple times that you know I, I even heard Becky like calling out the, yeah, the yep. you know bre- breaking kayfabe here I heard her calling out the the moves and then Back she missed elbow that, and all that yeah. yeah she missed the kick and all those things and I was just like oh it just looked very very sloppy um so you know I, I don't know I I this was probably my least favorite match of the night and i'm very glad that becky retained because after a match like that if Lacey had won um i probably would have been a little more upset but i'm glad that becky retained i feel like the outcome was correct um and you know we got an interesting match well i don't know if i could say interesting but we had we it, it put forth um the wheels in motion for a match for extreme rules extremely large amount of rules is that is what it should be called <laughs> yes, exactly. oh my gosh you nailed it yeah well, uh, Kevin, yeah, we talked about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating the New Day. I'm, I'm not sure where they're going to go with this because we got two heel tag teams as the champions right now. But I would love to see Owens and Zayn get a little bit of a run here in the tag division just to give them something to do and eventually have a split between them and a nice feud. Uh, but wh- where do you stand on those two? Yeah, I-, I agree with you. I would love a full-on Sammy and Kevin, you know, all, like kind of throwing it back to the NXT days, like full-on Sam- uh, Sammy and Kevin feud um, eventually. But I do love seeing them together. I feel like these guys know each other so well. They're they're friends. Um, they work well together. And I feel like they could really, really shake the tag team division up. You know, normally, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a fan of just like – you know, quote unquote, not real tag teams, you know, just tag teams that are just thrown together with like two guys for whatever, whatever reason. But I can, I think I can put my, my stamp of approval on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And they definitely showed that they're worthy going against uh, Xavier and Biggie uh, at stomping grounds. I thought that was an excellent match. It was just like high energy start to finish. The, the, the ending sequence was incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm for them. How do you feel about Ricochet defeating Samoa Joe for the United States Championship? People were kind of torn on this. It was a great match, and uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I think they have a lot of different ways they can go with the title now, and I do like Samoa Joe kind of being elevated more to the main event picture. But what say you? Um, yeah, I was I was so happy for Ricochet. I feel like this is a perfect spot for him right now to be in that United States Championship picture. Um, we've said it for like the last three champions. Maybe they this you know 
it will give this championship some clout. I feel like the United States championship right now really doesn't have any kind of like importance or meaning. It's just kind of been hot potatoed around um, and not really had any meaningful feuds. I mean, the, the feud between Ray and Joe was just like, you know, a wet fart to be honest um and so i'm excited to see who steps up to you know to ricochet and all of those things and who wants to to get a piece of that you know over the next over the next few months and going forward we saw oh hang on did you like did you like the moment um after the match when he went backstage and gorilla position and all of the uh baby faces and charlotte for some odd reason were standing there uh, just made me think of where where has Charlotte been? She hasn't been on TV in like a month or something. Her and Andrade, mm-hmm. Andrade's yeah. been gone too. Yeah, um, I did think it was weird seeing Charlotte there one because everybody else was like you know faces, um, and I did like that moment. I thought it was a good heartfelt moment, and I definitely d- felt like Ricochet deserved that. But it was so weird seeing Charlotte there. Like, was why it are you was it all here? NXT people? I feel like it, it might have been. Yeah, I think it was like kind yeah. of an NXT throwback. Like you know, yeah, Papa, it was. Papa Triple H, you know. Yeah, daddy, he's like daddy, daddy's babies. Come here, let me pay, let me give you a little head pat. He's gotta do, um, the, do the picture where he like points points at him. That's yes, the, points that's the at best. the title. That's the oh my god, you could you could Photoshop the same Triple H like just like his little smug look like pointing at the title into every every single one. He does the same pose every single time. Oh shit! Um, yeah. After that, we saw Daniel Bryan defeat Heavy Machine. Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeat Heavy Machinery by pinfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing where I think heavy machinery was, you know, it wasn't a terrible match. It just wasn't anything memorable that happened. Uh, I do like me some heavy machinery. What say you on this match? Oh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought it was just a good, a good match all around. I feel like Otis is a freaking star. Like I, I don't know what's in store for this guy in the future. I don't know how they're going to book this guy or if, if they'll just let him fizzle out. But like, I would love to see, Otis just get pushed to the moon. I think he is just one of those guys that's just got, he's just got it, you know, and he could be like your next like Vader, you know? I mean, wow. You think, you think so? You don't think he's he's just destined for a comic role his entire career? You think people could take him seriously? I think so. I mean, I I definitely think, I mean, they're going to have to change him from who he is now. Just kind of like that bushwhackery, you know, kind of bushwhackery. I like that bushwhackery. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of bushwhackery babbling, kind of, you know, kind of, they make him kind of, yeah, just a backwoods kind of idiot. Um, But I think if they gave him a serious spin, and we've seen, we've seen crazier transformations in WWE, I I feel like, because I mean, he's got incredible moves, he's a big guy, um, and I, I love that about him, and I think, I think, you know. With with the right gimmick and with the right storyline and with the right um, feud, he could really really do something. Maybe I'm just like you know going way out of left field here, but I think he's awesome. No, fuck that. Put him on the network whenever they go to a new city. He just goes to like a restaurant and like just eats the shit out of like the best food in that town. I would oh I would God. watch that all day. I'd watch it, it all day. It could be like it could be like uh you know whatever town versus Otis. It could be like the new there Adam Adam Richmond. He could yeah. just go and like you know take on whatever food challenges that city has to offer oh man his instagram oh. is hilarious he's definitely uh he, he he throws down some cold beers i'm sure yeah i i guarantee he does and some freaking nachos and hot wings and hot dogs and all the things bailey defeating alexa bliss via pinfall to retain the smackdown women's title 
And uh, this match didn't do too much for me. I'm I'm tired. I'm already tired of the the Bliss and Nikki Cross thing. I, I just yeah kind of know what's gonna happen there. But uh, what'd you think of the match? Um, it was okay. Like you said, it wasn't anything that made me like super excited. I love um I love Alexa Bliss, and I feel like. I don't know what it is. I don't feel like her and Bailey have that same chemistry. I mean, I feel like Bailey, when put with it with the right um, partner, she can be an incredible wrestler and put on some of the best women's matches you've ever seen. Same with Alexa. I feel like Alexa, when put with the right person, yep. really can just show out. But I feel like these two together kind of were like oil and water. I didn't feel like they they had it. And the whole Nikki Cross thing again just kind of makes it feel awkward because. I hate the character that they've given her right now. Like this giddy, like, uh, like best friend role. Like, you know, Alexa came out in her entrance and then, you know, Nikki's just there like smiling and like pointing at her. I was like, this is so strange. Like, this is so weird. And it's such an abomination, you know, from what we know of Nikki Cross and what she's capable of, you know? Yep. And I just feel like, I hope, I hope that when, when it happens that she turns on Alexa bliss or Alexa bliss turns on her or whatever the case may be. Um, that Nikki gets her true shot to be a singles star. Uh, I'm tired of the Reigns uh, McIntyre thing already as well. I, I mean, already? What do you mean already? It's been going on <laughs> since for... WrestleMania. Yeah, already. That's a good point. <laughs> um, but now I mean, we have a whole other match. I mean, if they're going to keep this thing going, and they do this a lot, I mean, why would Roman Reigns beat him again? And then I'm sure that he's going to win again with the Undertaker as his tag team partner at Extreme Rules. Like, what what what's leading me to believe that McIntyre has? Why, why am I going to get invested in these matches at all if there's no chance anyone but Rowan Reigns is winning this? I mean, wh- why not give him? The same thing happened with the Elias feud. Like, you know, throw in an L here every once in a while. Even if you have to do some dastardly shit, like, come on, man, make make it believable. Like, why does Reigns have to win every single time? That's why people are starting to boo him again. Yeah, I don't know. I I I just I do not have a reasonable explanation as to why Roman and Drew are still facing off against one another. And I'm not totally against, you know, this new mid-card of evil as one of my other favorite podcasts calls them. Um like it's like the new version of the mid-card of evil. It's not Bobby Lashley and um Oh my God! Uh, who else was it? Bar- it was Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre before. Yeah. Now, now it's uh, Drew McIntyre and Shane and um, Bobby Lashley. Is that the? Is that who's with them now? No, the, oh uh, the Dash Wilder and the other dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Revival. Okay, it's so late. yeah, <laughs> I, I forget who all the freaking new new mid card of evil is, but um. I'm not totally against Shane being like a ringleader of these guys and kind of like like what I told, talked about last week being like the puppeteer, but. Like Roman, get Roman Reigns out of the picture. Like to have these guys face other guys. Like keep them in the mid card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I just this match did nothing, nothing for me. I knew who was gonna win. I didn't think there was any way Drew McIntyre was gonna beat Roman Reigns. Um. And I don't think that there's any way that he's gonna beat him at Extreme Rules. I mean, why would why would they have, um, Drew McIntyre beat? Roman and the Undertaker. Do you know what I mean? If he can't beat Roman on his own, how is he going to beat Roman and the Undertaker? Let's, you know? I mean, let's just talk about that right now because obviously Undertaker came back in one of the few times we've ever seen him come back unannounced, which was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. why, why are we to, to believe that Roman Reigns would or the Undertaker would tag with with or team up or help Roman Reigns? Like, what is what's the what's the kayfabe reason for that? 
Well, <laughs> that was that. Was, I kind of you know was gonna mention that later on when we talked about Raw and SmackDown. But yeah, since we're just jumping right to oh, that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, don't apologize because yeah, it's just, this is the perfect perfect segue. I I don't understand like why I, like you said why would Undertaker partner with the guy? He has really no beef with Drew or Shane. You know what I'm saying at the moment, yep, yep. and he's partnering and protecting a guy that retired him you know quote unquote retired him um so yeah i have no idea i mean it, it to me like it just screened out okay let me let me start with the positive i was excited to see undertaker which is crazy to say that because you know we just, we just saw him like you know two weeks before, or a week before. <laughs> we just saw him too yeah we just saw him at super showdown and all those things um but i him being a surprise i did not see that coming whatsoever and when you see undertaker like not come down the ramp and he just appears in the ring that's always like a pop moment you know i don't care who you are how much wrestling you've ever watched in your life when you see undertaker just appear in the ring you're like holy shit like what the hell is happening here like you know business just picked up um and so i was super excited to see him and then the kind of the reality set in is like why is this happening what's what's going on here but the only thing that i could keep in my mind breaking kayfabe is like He's just trying to like prove to us that like I'm better than Super Showdown. Like, don't let that be how you remember me. Like, yeah. you have like I have to look back <laughs> at that, you know. And what's unfortunate for Undertaker is like, I mean, he's not a spring chicken. You know what I mean? Like, he's only got so much in the tank, and if that's what he all he's got to give, then that's all he's got to give. He's not going to put on this world class match. So what are you trying to prove? You don't like Undertaker doesn't have to prove anything to us. Do you know what I mean? No. Like he doesn't. Yeah, he I doesn't. Mean, he, he doesn't owe the WWE universe anything, no, right? I do, I do like, think teaming him with Reigns or with someone like that in in some of these you know, pay per view matches is the way to use him now because he doesn't have to be relied upon to to wrestle and carry true. a match anymore. I think he'll, he'll put it on a def, definitely put it on a better performance. And he wants to, you know, remove the memory of that Super Showdown match from our brains as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. So I think right. I think we'll be pleasantly surprised. With, but um, yeah, it was it was it was an odd reappearance for him. But it's always cool to see the Undertaker, and you know, for them to be wrestling in Philadelphia, it gives me extra motivation to go up there and watch it. For sure, yeah. You, this is one of those times where you literally just have to suspend your disbelief and just take take it for what they're giving it to you. Like, not ask the questions that I just posed. Like, you can't be like, "Well, why is he feuding with Shane and Drew? Like, what does he got against Shane and Drew? Why would he pair with Roman Reigns?" Like, those are questions that you just can't ask. You're trying to apply logic to an illogical situation. And I saw a lot of guys um, saying, you know, on Instagram after we posted it, you know, oh my God, they should just let Undertaker rest. They should just let him be like, why is WWE keep dragging him out? And I'm thinking to myself, obviously, I don't know what his contractual obligations are to WWE, but my thought is, is like Undertaker doesn't have to do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, no, it's, it's, he's definitely choosing to for a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely choosing to for either, I mean, a paycheck or his own just like legacy, whatever. Or maybe he just can't let it go. Maybe Taker's one of those guys that like, you know, he just cannot not be the Undertaker, you know? Like, he's like the Hulk Hogan. Like, he just cannot let go of being a wrestler, you know? Like, there's nothing beyond 
for him other than being a wrestler. So he wants to keep coming back and whatever, if he wants to keep coming back, that's fine. But it's just funny how everybody's perception is, you know, Oh, WWE just keeps dragging him out. You know, they should just let him retire. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, if undertaker did not want to do this, he would not freaking be here. Like you best believe he'd be sitting on his couch at the gym doing whatever he wanted to do. Yep. You know, <laughs> throw him back a cold one. He would not be here on Monday Night Raw if he did not freaking want to be. Oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting situation. Uh, <laughs> let's get to our t- our two title matches real quick before we wrap a bow on this thing. What do you mm-hmm. think of the, the, the super slow-mo steel cage match, which was surprisingly less as less than exciting, or, and also the, uh, the title match between Rollins and Corbin? Okay, so... <laughs> the the cage match um i had i had really high hopes for this because i love Dolph and i love kofi and these guys have worked together a lot i feel like they really could have put on an incredible match i don't know what it was but the match just didn't hit for me um it just did it was just kind of looked a little bit sloppy like you said it was just kind of slow moving um the finish was awesome I thought, you know, there was a lot of people, it was kind of a polarizing finish. Some people loved it. Some people thought it was lame. Um, I thought it was pretty freaking awesome. You know, Kofi like leaping through the rope um, onto the floor. I thought that was pretty, pretty yeah, it was dope. Cool. I always wonder why people don't do that more often in cage matches, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because like when he did it, I was like, hmm, why haven't more people done this? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, like I, I was thinking to myself, like the door's open. Like this guy's like crawling, like, you know, super slow-mo crawling, like, just get your ass up and go over the top rope, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny how that had never even really like occurred to me until I saw it happen. Then I was like, man, that should have been happening all along. Um, so the finish was awesome. The match for me, I would like give it a C probably on a, on a grading mm-hmm. scale. I would give it a C. It wasn't great. Um, it wasn't what I expected out of a cage match for these two. Um, I definitely, I think the, the outcome was right. I feel like Kofi winning and retaining was the right move. Um, I don't know what's, what's going to come of Dolph after this, but you know, what did you think of it? Yeah, it it was forgettable. You know, it was it had its spots, but it, you know the the finish was probably the best part of it. Yeah, it was it wasn't anything. I think we're we're done with the Dolph Ziggler. I'm sure he's going to go back on tour to some comedy comedy clubs and chuckle the chuckle fest and uh, yeah. you know uh, yeah. the two drink minimum thing. But um, I I like I like Dolph, and I wish you know he's a guy that I think is is more at this point in his career is is better suited for a, a high profile feud in the, for the US title or the IC title you know yeah. it could could do a lot better things there in like a money in the bank match um as far as the universal championship match i, I like the addition of Lacey Evans as the ref cuz it could put a little bit of a wrinkle you know Seth obviously didn't want to put hands on a woman mm-hmm. um as the referee um, and, and same thing with Corbin, as we talked about Lacey Evans, I think, you know, people hate him, you know, and he, he can go in the ring. I think it's, I think we've talked about the outfit is not doing him any favors, but I'm sure he keeps that for the, for the cheap heat. Yeah. Um, but you know, after this is over, after extreme rules, put him in something with, you know, and now you really can't because you got two guys that can really you know, put on some cool matches and, and Balor and, um, ricochet and i don't know if mm-hmm. i would take the title off either of those guys yet but i think corbin needs like to to have a strong run in the mid card you know to keep his name up there to, to you yeah. know you can't keep losing to seth and, and still yes. be considered a, va- a viable guy um 
but uh you know it was it was a good match you know and and corbin can go we've seen him go and we've seen this match before and um you know rollins carried most of it um but uh i think i'm i'm done for it with it now but it's you know we still have to go through a a tag team mixed tag match at at extreme Mm -hmm. rules uh what do you what do you think um, I totally agree with you 100% that I feel like Corbin should be a, a heel nemesis in a, either the IC or the United States title picture. I think, you know, him actually winning one of those titles. And I think when you're a heel with that much heat and that much, um, I mean, legitimate, just like people just booing you out of the building, I feel like him having a title would be like so amazing. You know what I mean? I feel like he would just, he would just really, it would just really put him over the top. Um, and I know he could cut some serious like heel promos and I just think it would be great. Um, as far as the United States universal championship match, um, I, I did like the Lacey Evans things. It, it made logical sense, right? Like it made sense that like, oh, cause I was thinking to myself, like anybody other than Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman is going to be like a dud and a letdown. So I'm glad they actually went with someone that like, it was a, it was a logical decision, right? Like you could wrap your head around. Well, I mean, he can't beat up Lacey Evans with a steel chair, you know, like that, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, so yeah. what's going to happen here. Right. And but the, for me, unfortunately, it, t- it telegraphed the whole rest of the match. Like, I'd, I had no doubt that we were going to see Becky come in and Becky was going to save the day and Seth and Becky were going to, you know, reign supreme at the end of the night. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, because even at the beginning of the night, when Becky came out, they were talking about her and Seth's relationship. They were like, oh, you know, her boyfriend, Seth Rollins, has his big universal title match um, later on in the night. And then when Seth Rollins came out, they mentioned Becky. And I'm like, all right, like, come on now. Like, you're you're really overselling and kind of telegraphing what's going to happen here. Um, I did like, I did think... She did an okay job. I mean, she didn't really do much other than walk around and kind of point, but she did have some good, like old school, you know, heel referee tactics, you know, like her, her arm, um, you know, she was like, Oh, my arm, you know, alluding to like, you know, how Becky put her in the disarmor. But I did hear, I didn't notice this during the show, but somebody said that she sold the wrong arm. Um, which I need to go back and I would love, I would like oh, to see if she, actually, yeah. if she actually did sell the wrong arm, um, you know, when she was doing like, Oh my, Oh my arm and all those things. But my, my problem with it was, is like, when did like, how, how can she just change the match? Which again, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I trying to apply logic to an illogical situation? But how can she just change the match? Like, oh, now it's a no disqualifications match. Oh, now there's no there's no countouts. Like, you know yeah, what I referees mean? Referees don't have that ability. Also, like the next <laughs> night on Raw, she, her, and Corbin just made the main event for Extreme Rules just without oh, any, yeah. anyone even asking them. I mean, exactly. these two have quite a bit of power, you know. They do. Well, I mean, Corbin did mention, you know, maybe that they could be the next WWE power couple. I'm like, well, it seems like you're doing a pretty damn good job now if you're just making your own matches for pay-per-views without any authority. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, I don't know. Yeah, you're so right about that. But Did you, did you notice she was staring at his crotch during that, when he said that? <laughs> she just stared no. right at his crotch, like that, uh, like a laser not- beam. That is not very ladylike. No, that's a nasty. Uh, that's a nasty move. Yeah, that's a nasty move. That's a nasty move. Um, but overall, the match um, was okay. I mean, I like seeing Becky come out, you know, and defend her man. I do think Seth and Becky are. Um, I don't know what it. I, I just feel like it's. Um, I I can't decide whether I like them having on screen 
like oh no that what? opening to raw was awkward as shit man it's like when you when you go out to eat with a couple and like you're like oh yeah God, this is I know well. I'm so I'm so conflicted like I, I feel so bad talking shit about Becky and Seth because I love them both so much you know yeah no it's not them I just I just don't think it's a great idea to use that you know personal life shit in like a in an angle on on television but you know I've... yeah you know because here, here's the here's the thing okay here's here's my whole thing and I just keep thinking this in the back of my mind like I, they may be truly in love and I, I watch all their stuff. Cause like, you know, I secretly like stalk Seth and Becky because I love them outside of the ring. Like they, you know, they're like a little CrossFit couple. Um, they have like the dead boys fitness videos and they do all that stuff. Um, I love following them on social media. Um, but like, let's, let's rewind a little bit and take a look at Seth's like dating history. He doesn't have the best track record with women you know what i mean um and and all of his all of his relationships kind of end a little bit publicly and a little i mean i guess not all of them because he's probably had several relationships that we hadn't we haven't known about but the ones that we have known about have ended like publicly and kind of like nastily you know i mean there was like the whole nudie pics um that ended his like his engagement and then his uh the girlfriend that he sent the nudie or sent the nudie pics back and forth ended up being a nazi so it's just been like all of these yeah man that's uh you gotta pick a winner this time yeah you know and i'm glad he's with becky i feel like they're a good couple but i'm just like what this isn't gonna be it's compelling right now because they're both amazing. They're both at the top of their game and they're both champions. What's going to happen when one of them loses the championship? Like, how are you going to book this couple's angle where it's compelling when one of them loses the title? You know what I mean? Yeah. If so, it's attitude there, you turn, you know, you have, you know, somebody hook up with uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch and she turns heel or something and become, you know, like a Trish Stratus move or something. But, you know, I don't think you can do that nowadays. Yeah. Oh no, you definitely can't do like the, uh, the edge and, and Lita stuff, uh, on, yeah. uh, on PG, on PG television. But you know, what if they break up? You know what I mean? Like, I guess I'm like, did Vince set them down or triple H set them down and be like, Hey, listen, is this like for real, for real, for real? Because if you F this up, like, wh- like how are we going to write this out of the story? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess WWE has never shied away from using people's pain as storylines. So, I mean, I can imagine them doing some sort of, you know, shoot story with it um but yeah i just i feel like this can only end terribly for both of them or maybe we'll get a wwe wedding i don't know elizabeth yeah well speaking of elizabeth you see her hold the ropes for seth rollins and i was like surely he's gonna be like no 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 you know kind of like a la macho man and be like no 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 no, no. <laughs> I, I hold the ropes for you but then he went through the ropes and i was like no oh man come on I was, I was like seth and then you know she kept saying there was there was an advantage to be in the man's man and i'm like oh my god like Ugh. becky becky's wearing the pants in this relationship god yeah uh, yeah. over, overall a good show I, I i did want to bring up uh what's his name um kurt angle was on busted open today and was pretty high praise for baron corbin he says i think baron corbin right now is the best heel in the business if a person gets genuine hatred everywhere you know everyone hates their guts you're doing your job which is you know true you know people people hate him and uh i don't know if he's the best heel in the business but he's probably one of the most you know the biggest heels in the WWE right now. I mean, besides Samoa Joe, who else would you throw up there? You know, true, Shane, true. Shane? Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle's just putting Baron Corbin over because he ended Kurt Angle's career. 
Well, true, but he might have. He might have. They probably asked him, "Hey, who do you want to? Who do you want to put put you? You know, who do you want to put over in your last match?" And maybe he picked him. I don't know. That's very true too. I don't know if that that was the case or not. I remember when that all happened. I was thinking to myself, "There's no way that Kurt Angle picked Baron Corbin," but maybe he did. You know, maybe maybe Kurt Angle. I mean, obviously WWE sees something in Baron Corbin, so maybe Kurt Angle sees it too. I don't know. You know, like I've said before, I, I feel like. Baron Corbin gets a lot of unnecessary shit because just because of, you know, his whole gimmick, um, because he is a, he is a really good wrestler, but yeah, I don't know. They, they, they definitely see something in him that we, as the audience, we have not tapped into yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I see it a little bit. I think, you know, it takes, he definitely has the potential, so we'll see where it goes from here, but yep. overall, uh, stomping grounds was a good show. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what do we want to touch down on on Raw and SmackDown before we get into our uh, Go Figure segment? What happened on Raw? Was there? Let's see. Um, it was a great fucking. I mean, I watched it on the Hulu version, so it was condensed. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it flowed really well. Had some great matches. Um, obviously, the the highlight was that Ricochet AJ Styles match in the main event. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was a good three hours. I mean, uh, maybe two hours for me. But uh, it was it was a fun night of Raw. I I enjoyed it. And I feel like they they set it up very well. Yeah, you know, obviously, we, as we touched on earlier, we did see we saw the Undertaker uh, return on Monday night, yeah. which I feel like was one of the definitely one of the headlining things that happened on Raw. Um, we saw some twenty four twenty four seven action. We actually had a match for the 24 seven championship, you know, instead of just like the shenanigans outside of the ring, we had our truth, uh, you know, beat Drake Maverick via pinfall. So, you know, I mean, then Drake Maverick kind of like slinked off kind of all like defeated and everything. I was like, Oh, poor Drake. Yeah, He, I, he said something about like being the, the biggest and like getting pinned at his wedding was like the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to him. Uh, mm-hmm. not counting the time you pissed yourself on national television. <laughs> yes uh i was thinking that too i was like man you know you've done a lot of embarrassing things like let's be real um i just respect drake maverick so much because he did that at his actual wedding i I, was that his real wedding well from what i understand this is from what i like this is what i heard this is what heel husband told me was that he had his wedding before that was his real wife everything it was on his wedding day um he had he had his wedding ceremony and she's a wrestler too did you know that I think she actually trained or she was a champion here at, at uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling. I don't know if she still wrestles or not. but Yeah, I think she yeah. may have been in like the Mae Young Classic or something like that. But um, she's a wrestler too. And uh, they, I guess they had their wedding beforehand. And then they, they taped that little wedding segment, you know, where, where Drake was wearing the 24-7 championship. And, and R-Truth appeared and rolled him up for the pin. Um, but I just thought that was so funny and such a good way to do it. And I love Drake Maverick like walking down the aisle, like pointing at his 24-7 championship like he was so proud um i thought it was just such a good such a good little fun comedy segment yeah he said that he, him and his wife haven't consummated the marriage yet because he's been so upset about the yeah title. and you know she, she's gotten in on the action too like she's been tweeting and stuff like she tweeted that she wanted a divorce like you know they're they're really using all of their platforms to really make this thing like a fun story and something that you kind of got to like watch tv and stay in tune to social media to like follow along the storyline kind of like what we said you know we talked about it a few weeks ago like this this is what this title needs is like multi-platform exposure you know it can't just be something that's only on raw um 
or only on SmackDown. Like they need to take this to YouTube. It needs to be on, you know, Twitter and Instagram and like all of these different platforms because it's one of those things that can be defended anywhere, anytime. And they could really, really have a lot of fun with it when it's not on live TV. Oh, what did I want to say? I wanted to say something. Oh, um, oh God damn it. It just escaped me again. Something about Drake Maverick. You need to take your alpha brain. I know, man. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I do love that he's kind of willing to do whatever for, you know, television, you know, between, whether he's on AOP, managing AOP and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, oh, I, I do love how R-Truth calls him uh, Hornswoggle. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. The and then he, called, then he called him Mini Carmella that one time. He's like, Little Carmella? Um <laughs> Our truth is freaking hilarious. Oh, um, moving on, another another weird segment that we had in and raw. Um, can we talk about how Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley had a tug of war segment, which was like the whole segment may have been like what five minutes, and both of these guys came out like they were tug of war, and then they had like a little scuffle, and they looked like they had ran a marathon. <laughs> both of these guys were like dripping sweat. I told Seth, I was like, how did those guys work up that much of a sweat in like five minutes? Well, maybe it was when uh, Strowman pulled the seven. It was a seventeen thousand pound, like eighteen wheeler. Like, come on, oh, man! Yeah. Really, really, we're expected to believe that he's he's actually doing it. And Bobby Lashley like, pulling the the telephone pole out of the ground. Like, oh my God, Jesus! Yeah, uh, I know. It was it was very campy, but um, yeah, you yeah, know, this is the was, best it's... way to use these big guys right now. If you're not going to put them in anything else, just have them beat the hell out of each other, I guess. But. For uh, sure, for sure. Um, Alexa squashed Naomi, which I was I was kind of surprised, you know. Um, uh-huh. I was like, hmm, like what? Wonder what that was for. And obviously, we we saw it was for them to set up a uh, a tag match for her and her and Nikki um, and Natalia and Naomi, which you know they ultimately won, making Natalia and Naomi look kind of like jobbers. I don't I don't like how they do this now on Raw and SmackDown where they have a match and they, you know, just add people to it like as the match is happening or they just do right. another match right afterwards like they did with the, the Kofi and Sami Zayn and then he faced Kevin Owens like, you know, what does that do for, you know, Kevin Owens? You know, I guess it's to make obviously it's to make Kofi look, you know, good, but you're just squashing Zayn and Owens, which I don't think Sami Zayn has won. They won that tag team match on Stopping Grounds, but I don't think he's won a match on Raw since he's been back. I mean, he just gets beat yeah. every week. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand it either. But um, oh, oh, we need to talk about. Well, I guess I don't know if I'm excited about this or if I'm just being a mark. But there was no Firefly Funhouse on Monday. So, but there was appearances of Abby the Witch and um, Mercy the Buzzard on both raw and smackdown kind of like in the background of different like little backs backstage segments um i do like that i think every week they should get closer and closer that would be cool i know but here's my thing i was talking to the heel husband about this and i'm getting very worried about bray and you know, the fiend and the firefly Funhouse and like this whole thing, because there were, they put the Easter eggs on here. We didn't have a segment, but I'm like, I don't know where this is heading and you know, kayfabe only I'm still digging it. Like I said, I, I popped when I saw the Abby, the witch and you know, mercy, the buzzard. I was like, Oh my God, what's happening? What, what's going to happen tonight? You know? Um, but breaking kayfabe, I just feel like if they had something super compelling for Bray, 
they would have already been executing it. You know what I mean? I feel yeah, like yeah. I feel like they are like freaking out because they didn't expect this thing to get it over as over as it did. And they have absolutely no idea how to pull this thing off. And so they're like, how long can we drag this out before we absolutely must do something with it? Yeah, they're trying to get to SummerSlam, obviously, which, uh, you know, more power to them. But I would like to see him brought in. Whenever it happens, just make it in Packville. Make it, make it, you know, mean something. Don't just, don't just do it randomly. You know, next, <laughs> next week, Bray Wyatt's coming back. You know, make it like a surprise. Yes. Make a surprise and make it like during something. Yeah, um, it has to be a surprise. And like I've said a million times, I'm going to be so freaking pissed if it's not for some sort of title. I mean, there are, I mean, how many freaking titles do we have in wwe right now and you can't have bray fight for one of them like come on jesus christ like we have 40 titles he can he can fight for a freaking title you know yeah, what i mean it'll probably be on main event oh my <laughs> god <laughs> uh, i mean the, back to the main event i did like that styles ricochet match was was a fun raw match like it wasn't mm-hmm. you could tell if those two wrestled on a pay-per-view it would have been taken up a couple notches but it mm-hmm. was overall it was you know pretty physical he saw a different side of ricochet where he wasn't as high flying he was more technical mat based yeah uh, kind of compliment styles uh but i liked it It was a great match i didn't like it at the end when uh, uh michael cole said i think this may possibly put aj styles uh, uh, get to get a shot at the u.s title like okay of course he's a freaking former oh world champion God. i think could, i think he could handle a, a shot at the u.s title at, but at the u.s title yeah, <laughs> maybe exactly. possibly he said yeah. i'm i'm pretty sure if Lacey evans can just declare matches on pay-per-view aj styles can just say hey i want a shot at the u.s title right and nobody's gonna even blink an eye exactly yeah but it, it was a good, it was a really good match and it was something we haven't seen before i mean i would i would be all about seeing uh, an AJ Styles Ricochet US title match and a, a Finn Balor Nakamura IC match. I mean, if you want to mm-hmm. if you want to elevate those titles, uh, this is a great way to start because that's four guys that can absolutely go in the ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um, moving on to SmackDown, um, which was I thought was I thought I thought Raw was a really good show, and I thought SmackDown was a less than great show. Um, but we did have some really cool moments. Um, a lot of it was just thrown throwbacks to stomping grounds. I mean, we had a um, a freaking eight man tag match for with all the tag teams that were fought at uh at stomping grounds. So it was like New Day Heavy Machinery uh versus the Eco Warriors and Kevin Owens and Sammy. Um so it was just kind of a lot of like, you know, same old, same old. But we did see uh Shinsuke Nakamura challenge Finn Balor for the IC championship, which I was really excited about. I'm really pumped to see what comes out of this. Yeah, I sorry I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, so I kind of spoiled the fun. But, oh, it's um, all right. Yeah, that that's something we haven't seen. I mean, they fought in NXT for the for the NXT title. That was three or four years ago. So this is something that people on the main roster haven't seen. It's dumb, you know those two guys uh, have a, have a history going back to uh, New Japan. So uh, I think it, I think it's a great way to get Nakamura back on television. And you know, if you're they have so many guys on the rosters now. It is cool. Like now you can have a guy like, Oh shit, Nakamura. I forgot all about him. Oh, now he's going to fight for, you know, fight Finn Balor. Like it makes it, it does suck when he's away for that long or if you don't see someone, but then it kind of, you can throw him into a, you know, intercontinental championship match on a pay-per-view and people won't bat an eye. He doesn't seem like he's out of place. Like, you know, you got an easy storyline built in. So yeah, I'm all excited about that. Okay. Next question. Who knocked on Alistair Black's door? 
Oh man, I gotta play the drop now. Come and knock on my door. <laughs> God, I don't know what that was. It's like a clearing his throat or something. I don't know, but he seemed he seemed pretty happy that someone did knock on his door. Um, yeah, very very sinister grin. Yeah. Um, but after he, I mean, he's it only took like what four weeks of whining about um, no one no one man enough to challenge him and someone please someone. Weeks. No, this has been going what? on almost as long as the Firefly Funhouse, I would think. Has it? Oh that my was god! Like ten. That's been ten weeks. Oh my god! Now I think you're overshooting it. I think I undershot it, and I think you maybe. Yeah, we're right in the. It. Let's let's use the median. Let's go right in the middle. It's maybe it's been six weeks, but yeah, it's, yeah, been, it's, been, six it's been a while since we saw saw him on TV. But it would be nice to have him back at Extreme Rules, and that would give us, you know, another person we haven't seen in a while, and maybe another fresh type of feud. So uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm all about it. I don't know. I mean, I would think. I don't. I don't know. I, the rumors seem to be Orton. That's who he's wrestling on some of the house shows. But um, oh my god, I hope. I mean, no offense to Randy Orton, but come on, like bring Orton out for like pay per views, like you know special events. It, like I don't need to see Orton fight Aleister Black. Like give give me somebody else. Like give me Buddy Murphy. Um, give me Ali. Uh, like who else? <laughs> What? Make a difference, Ali? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it'd be, per- it'd be the perfect setup. You have the perfect heel and you know the perfect the perfect baby face. Um, it would have been cool if he would have opened the door, like, to see who was knocking, and then like he got an RKO out of nowhere, and then that's someone you can, you know, it's a big name that you can use to put over Alistair. I don't, I wouldn't be super excited about the match. They would probably stretch it out too long, but I think this first, you know, if you're going to use Black in the right way, it's going to have to be. I don't want it to be. Uh, Ali or somebody like that. I want it to be someone that um, he that we can put over you know, that they can put Black over on. So we'll see. Well, I mean, th- I had heard rumors that it was um, that it could be Bray, but I'm like, I had said before, I don't want it to be Bray because even though like that's like that they would have a good match together. I feel like they they're both like kind of dark and it would just be good. Um, like there's no meaning to it, right? There's no stakes involved. There's nothing for anyone to really win. You know what I mean? No, keep keep um, one on one show and one on the other. Exactly, exactly. Um, because yeah, they do have very similar like character vibes. Very dark and like we said, sinister, um, and brooding. So um, yeah, I don't know who it was. I'm excited to to see. We did see Ember Moon on um on Tuesday, which was exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see Ember Moon back, even though she got beat by Sonya Deville. Yeah. Oh man. If you get beat by Sonya Deville, you can't, you can't be happy. I mean, that's the, that's the kiss of death. That's, that's a week away from being on the next Evolve show. I know the next Evolve show. Oh man. Uh, she'll be, she'll be an AEW before we know it. We, we, uh, we have to do a best finishers, um, bracket at, at some point, And I think we should do current <laughs> wrestlers. And uh, mm-hmm. I would be hard to name someone who has a better finishing move than Ember Moon, though. Oh, the Eclipse is money, dude. It's so like, money. I, it's like I, I freaking love that move so much, and she executes it so perfectly every time. Um, I love her. I hope I hope she eventually gets her due. I mean, I say that about a lot of people, but I really I really do hope that she gets gets the push that she that she deserves. But other than that, not really a whole lot on SmackDown. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. We're working our way to Extreme Rules. We do have a few matches already set in place for Extreme Rules, but we'll be talking about those as the weeks progress and things kind of start to shake out a little bit more. All right, well, let's get into our Go Figure segment. The money! 
Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, This is our Go Figure segment here on the show, a weekly segment where Sheena and I unveil our latest purchases, whether it be wrestling figures, uh, merchandise, memorabilia, Funkos, T-shirts, cereal. You know. All the things we're wasting our retirement money on. Exactly, yeah. So our kids have to work till they're 80. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Sorry, kids. Good job. And this is brought to you in part by Ringside Collectibles. Check them out, wrestlingfigures.com. Uh, they sent us some really cool stuff that we need to give them some props for. Sheena, they that stuff's been coming to to the new. Well, it's been coming as one of your cribs. You have multiple cribs. You have things sent to. I have so many addresses at the moment. Yeah, Ringside. Oh man, they they really hooked up the show. They gave us an, an entire uh, retro series ten and the figure defender cases. The cards are minty. Oh my gosh! So I'm gonna be doing some unboxing on. Uh, well, I don't even know if I'm gonna unbox them, but I will be showing them. I can't decide if I'm gonna take them off the card or not, or if I'm gonna save them. I don't know. They look so pretty on the cards. Can you believe I'm saying that? Um, oh, those retros! Oh, you can't take those off the card. You gotta keep them in the plastic prisons. I know. And dude, dude, these guys are in double plastic prisons because they're in the figure defender cases. So not only did Ringside send the Retro Series 10, they also covered them in those awesome figure defender cases. So, um, And as if that wasn't enough, they also sent the entrance stages, the new freaking Raw and SmackDown entrance stages, which I'm super excited to open those up and pop them up and see how, how they look in person and get them in hand. They did go to the in-laws house because that's where we were staying before. Um, and my my awesome mother-in-law um huge fan of uh the chick foley show and the chick foley fam in general she promptly forwarded us those uh, retro series 10 and she sent the the entrance stages so we should be getting those entrance stages pretty soon but we're going to be unboxing those and then we're going to be also unboxing um the ultimate editions for um for Patreon. So if you're on Patreon, we do have uh, Rhonda and Ultimate Warrior to unbox for you guys. So super excited. We had a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming up. So stay on the lookout for that. And thank you so much, Ringside, for you know hooking up the show. We we love you guys, and we can't wait to freaking show the world what all these things are about. They are the best. And uh, speaking of giveaways, we wanted to uh, announce well, not announce. We want to announce the winner of our latest yeah. giveaway. We've been partnering with Hal Haney. You can follow him on Instagram. It's probably the best place. It's H A L H A N E Y Art A R T. And um, this dude is making some of the sickest prints you've ever seen. Check out his Instagram page. Basically, it's a split screen uh, shot of a wrestler. You could get the Hogan with the Hollywood Hogan and the old school American Hogan and, and everyone from Sting to Macho Man, Stone Cold, Undertaker. And we uh, spoke to him. We were promoting him on our show. And he's going to give one of our lucky Patreon subscribers the print of their choosing and uh, we're going to announce that winner right now. Who is the lucky winner, Sheena? Our winner is one of our awesome Chick Foley fam, Jose Bolanos. Uh, you won the Hal Haney print. I'm super excited for you. And uh, Jose's uh, Instagram name, he is at Deuce, D-E-U-C-E underscore zero, Z-E-R-O underscore dose. So congratulations, Jose, for winning the Hal Haney print. So sick. We'll be in touch with you um, to get all the details for which which print you want. But, like, dude, Hal Haney is, like, having a moment right now because uh, I can't remember if it was the Mask Man show or what, what 
podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about Hal Haney, and I was like, oh my oh, god, shit, really like, nice. Yeah, I can't remember who who which podcast. I, I mean, I listened to a plethora of different you know wrestling shows and podcasts, but um, one of them mentioned Hal Haney, and I was like, oh my gosh, how freaking cool! So um, super awesome. If you guys don't follow him again, make sure make sure you get over there and follow. Um, you know, that's the best way to support artists even if you don't have any place to put art even if you don't plan on purchasing anything giving these guys a follow sharing their stuff in your stories and on your feed um is just it's it's promoting them and it really helps out like these these artists and stuff so it's at hal haney art h-a-l-h-a-n-e-y-a-r-t once again make sure you hop over there and give him a follow because he's doing some really awesome stuff right now almost better than the giveaway i just followed jose back on instagram so jose you're welcome man you get that you get not only the print but you get a follow from me you can see all the beer pictures that i post and um wrestling uh memorabilia that i shouldn't buy that i post on there uh but yeah how haney also got commissioned by sasha banks to make a custom macho man piece for bailey for her birthday and he posted about that a couple weeks uh maybe about a, eh, a couple weeks ago so yeah he's he's having a moment man he's super talented check out his stuff uh, we're hoping to do more stuff with him in the future, but uh, I reached out to him and he was more than happy to, to hook us up and he let me know that he's going to be working on a, a Kurt Angle print in the same style that I will be purchasing for the Kurt Angle collection. So, Oh, super cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a cool giveaway. I also want to announce our next giveaway. We are going to be giving away, I don't know if we'll do this next week or if we'll be, because that's 4th of July. That's a lot of confusion, you know, a lot of stuff going on next week. So maybe, oh, we'll, yeah. maybe, maybe we'll do it on the 10th of yeah. July. We're going to be giving away the Hardy Boys 2-pack brewed ringside exclusive set uh, to one of our lucky listeners. You don't have to be a Patreon subscriber. Uh, we will announce the giveaway rules on uh the show next week or if you follow us on social media over the next couple of days we'll announce that on our social media platforms you can follow sheena on instagram at chick foley and you can follow the show on twitter at chick foley show but uh you've opened up one of those for our patreon subscribers you did an unboxing yeah. video those are pretty cool figures man i've i have it here i haven't opened it yet because we're going to give it away but they look pretty damn cool yeah, actually, it's live on the YouTube page, so you can go to the link in uh, the Chick Foley uh, Instagram bio, and you can see the the um, Brood Hardy Boys. If you haven't seen them or you haven't seen up close videos, I did unbox those, so you can go um, and check those out. They're over on the Chick Foley YouTube. So, um, yeah, for sure. Did you purchase anything this week, Phil? Because um, other than our awesome gifts from Ringside, uh, I I we haven't made any weekly purchases that have arrived yet. I mean, there may be stuff in the Heel Husbands Amazon queue that I don't know about yet, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's go uh, over some Amazon and some other things because Amazon is already... Well, you guys had... Didn't you have some things coming from Amazon from uh, Elite 68? Did those ever come? Um, Let me see. Let me go to orders. Like I said, Heel Husband... Oh, yeah, because they're not like, coming to your house, so they might have been delivered. Okay, while you're doing yeah. that, uh, yeah, I did notice the, uh, the Elite 68 is shown up there on Amazon for 19.99 prime shipping and some of them are like a, a month or two delivery some of them are getting to people pretty quick so we talked about it last week and I was I was amazed that you were you were going to get them sooner than the stores but I don't mm -hmm. see the stores they've they've marked all the elites down at, at all the Walmarts I haven't seen elite 68 anywhere 
So uh, people are already getting it from, or sorry, Elite 67, I apologize. Elite 67, which is the Velveteen Dream, Cedric Alexander set with Jeff Hardy and all those guys, Randy Orton. Uh, Yeah, that's what we got. We got Randy Orton and we got Jeff Hardy uh, were delivered uh, from Elite 67. We got the, I mean, they weren't delivered to our new house. They were delivered to the in-laws house. So we'll be getting those pretty soon. Nice. Yeah. So. Uh, if you're looking for those, you don't want to wait for Walmart and Target to get them. And you don't want to pay, uh, you know, f- for a little bit extra from Ringside Collectibles if you didn't pre-order it months ago. And you, you still can get it on Amazon. I don't know how much they'll have, but uh, that's the place to do that. There, I've also been looking at Kmart on the app quite a bit. If you guys aren't using the Kmart app, maybe you don't have a store near you, but they're somehow partnered with Sears. So if you have a Sears near you, sometimes you can do a free pickup in store don't have to pay for shipping but they have the bludgeon brothers luke harper and eric rowan for 31 dollars 31.99 and they're doing 10 percent off this week uh with code fireworks mm. so you basically can get both of those badass figures for like less than 30 bucks like 28 dollars i mean i'm not a math miz whiz but uh <laughs> a math miz ma- math miz mizane uh, but yeah, they have um, they have all of Elite sixty seven on there. They have sixty six. They have they have some really weird two packs. They have like a, a Surfer Sting Elite sixty two and a Sting NWO Wolf Pack for forty one bucks. So I would never think Kmart. I don't have any Kmart's nearby me anymore. But luckily, I still have a Sears that's hanging on that they can they can just send it there. And they're they have pretty good prices. And they're you know they're not they're sold from Kmart. They're not from like a sometimes you go on Amazon and they're you know it's not even Amazon selling the stuff. It's kind of a third party website mm-hmm. that kind of re- j- jacks up the price so uh yeah check out them I'm, I'm i'm thinking about buying those do you have those uh bludgeon brothers figures oh yeah. yeah yeah they are they are gorgeous figures i actually um i'm pretty sure i unboxed those for our patreon oh, i actually shit. i might um yeah i might find that video and maybe put it on the youtube because they are put it up freaking- on the youtube Put it up on the YouTubes um, because those figures are freaking gorgeous. The Bludgeon Brothers gimmick was kind of, a, like I said earlier, it was kind of a wet fart. Um, but they... they, like, they, can, they we, can we make a rule here? It just take a pause. I don't like that that phrase at all. I hate that word. <laughs> I don't like that phrase, wet fart. Please stop. you. That's the second time you've... I let the first one slip by. No pun intended. It, but, it uh, slipped by like a wet fart. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. This might be the, the last episode of the chick fil show. Uh, <laughs> All right, in search of new co-host who likes the phrase <laughs> wet, wet fart. Yeah, I'm sure there's um, some sickos out there that would like okay. that. <laughs> True. The uh, the Bludgeon Brothers were not great, but yeah, those figures are so freaking sick. So definitely, definitely, if you don't have those in your collection, uh, you need to pick them up because because they're awesome. I do have a question for you. Does the Kmart app smell like smoke and Mountain Dew? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, the lights <laughs> flicker a little bit. Like zzz, 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 zzz. Yeah, everybody in there has like nine fingers. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Kmart. Oh yeah, no, Kmart's were uh, pretty depressing back in the day. It's uh, I don't know if you they were. If you have a food line by you, but the food line grocery stores are basically the Kmart of grocery stores. They're the most depressing. Uh, I know, I know, I know food lines. I know food lines well. We had them back in my back in my hometown. Um, Everyone that works there has you, two lazy eyes somehow. Did you know? Oh my god! Did you know that W or Kmart was like the official WWE merchandise like 
store. Like they had all of like the, the WWE clothing and like socks and shoes and like, you know, random toys and stuff. Like they, they had a lot of WWE stuff back in their, back in their heyday. Um, I mean, you could go there and buy like as many John Cena t-shirts as, as your heart desired. Um, so if your kid was into WWE, you were definitely like, if you were at a Kmart, you could buy them an entire wardrobe of stuff. So, um, you know, talk shit about Kmart, but they did have a lot of a lot of WWE merch. It was kind of obnoxious merch, obviously. It was made specifically for kids, most of it. But, um, yeah, they were the official retailer of, of WWE. Yeah, WWE finds some weird people to partner with. Because then they were, remember they were trying to get make Tout happen? That was like the new social media app they were trying to make happen. That didn't Oh, work. my God. That didn't work out very well. No, um, no. I did buy. I, I went through. I posted up on our our Twitter account. I I put the detolf up with all of my uh, Hasbro's. I think I'm like yeah. four short. Uh, looks so, great. Yeah, it looks really cool. And I have some, uh, some people have been asking me about the the risers. I have. I just bought some spice rack um, kind of organizers that uh, Brandon from the Baltimore Lead Squad recommended to me. They're you know from Home Goods. You just have to kind of. They're they're not like you know, every store carries them, but go to home goods and those type of stores that have just kind of random household stuff they're like seven or eight bucks and they're you know they have like a rubbery like thing on them that that prevents like the figures from slipping so those are nice um i did break a uh a million dollar man in the green suit he fell and um Mm. he was already kind of cracked my son broke him when he was playing with him one day so he he shattered into like 40 pieces so I, I reached out to the, the the brother from another mother, Hastel Toys, on Instagram, and uh, purchased that. That that'll be coming soon. And also, I I went through my retro collection because I have those all loose. I'm going to put those in a separate detolf. And I somehow missed the series two black and white Sting, so I'm purchasing that from him too. So besides uh, besides that, I have all of them except for series nine, which I'm hoping. Is going to hit stores soon. I got one of our listeners up in Canada searching f- ferociously in all of his stores up there because for some reason they're they're around Canada. Those lucky Canadians, damn it! Um, damn Canadians. Yeah, uh, but other than that, I had a pretty light week too. I did go to Ollie's again after uh, I, a, a buddy found me the uh, the SummerSlam figures from last year. I went to another Ollie's and I bought the. Uh, the Seth Rollins, the Edge, and the Matt Hardy, and I think uh, Dennis, one of our Patreon subscribers, I remember him asking or looking for that Edge, so I'm gonna you know, send that to him uh, for retail plus shipping. And um, the other two, I'm probably just gonna keep for the kid, uh, and you know, keep them in the reserve. They were like nine ninety nine, and and then Ollie's was doing fifteen percent off or something. So yeah, I, I found some pretty good deals this week. So check out your Ollie's if you're if you're looking for those. SummerSlam figures from last year. I love that the Rollins with the all red and like the tag team belt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Speaking of figures, um, let's talk about some leaked figure news that we saw this week. Um, it was, we saw actual figures of the Ghostbusters, uh, mashup that we like the the Mount Rushmore Ghostbusters mashup that we've that we've been talking about um there was actual in in ring pictures and I'm definitely getting these I know you're not a fan I know you're not a fan of of the crossovers the pop culture WWE gimmick um but I'm definitely getting these and the Undertaker alone in my opinion the Ghost Taker is like worth getting even if you don't get any of the other ones like that is so freaking mage 
Yeah, the, the the Undertaker is pretty cool, and I, I did I got I posted that picture of those leaked uh, figures, and I got in trouble from Mister Zack Ryder, who let me know that the figures were stolen. I don't know how he knew that. Um, Dude, I had no way of knowing that. I just I just stole the photo off of somebody's Instagram, and I was I, laughing so hard at you doing the job for Zack Ryder. Um, yeah, I didn't Zach- know what to say, man. I was like, oh, I guess you know, I guess you know, someone stole these. I don't want to be, I don't be a compliance to a robbery here, so I guess I'll delete the photo. You know, dude, it was so funny because I saw you had posted that photo, and then I saw that Zach Ryder had commented and said, like, why would you, why would you promote uh, stolen figures or something? You know, I mean, and those guys are usually, I mean, they they follow us and everything. You know, they're yeah. not, they're not, yeah, they're they were. Yeah, they weren't trying to be assholes or no, anything. No. But then you like you like were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then you deleted it. And I was like, dude, why did you delete that? It wasn't our picture. We didn't steal the photos. Like the, the picture is out there. You know what I mean? I got enough people that hate me, Sheena. I, I, I can't make that list any longer. I really can't. It, it grows by the day. Yeah, don't, don't you, you, I don't know how much more shit you could stir up in the Twitter. I, first, I'm trying. But. I am. I swear to God, I'm trying to be a good boy. That's why I deleted the photo. I'm like, it's not worth fighting over these. I hate these fucking Ghostbuster figures anyway. I didn't want to post this picture. <laughs> fucking ugly ass, stupid things. <laughs> oh, oh man, I was just. It was just so funny because I told I told the heel husband I was like, damn. I was like, uh, I was like, Phil just did the job for Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder said one thing, and and Phil was just well, he like. Did, he slipped in the del- DMs too. He, you know, delete, he, delete, delete. Yeah, he DM'd me too. We had we had a little combo. He was he was he wasn't upset. He was like, yeah, you know, no, you didn't do anything wrong, dude. I was like, I know, yeah. That that was so funny, but like I said, dude, I'm definitely getting these figures. They got like the soft cloth accessories. Um, I mean, I, I just absolutely love these figures. If you haven't seen them, I do Chick Foley on Instagram. I do have the picture. The the <gasps> stolen the stolen picture is up on the Instagram. So um, I'm not scared. Uh, like I said, it's not it's not my picture. I didn't steal the figures. I didn't take the picture. So I'm just I'm like I'm like Michael Scott. I didn't make these things. I'm just sharing these things i'm just passing these things along you know oh man speaking of michael scott i I am so upset that the office is leaving netflix next year but but you got hulu so no no it's It's gonna be on hulu yeah because nbc owns it oh okay oh nbc was like damn netflix why are we gonna let you have all of our freaking bread and butter we're gonna get all those office lovers over here on the freaking hulu app um, I, thought, I thought nbc was starting their own thing i didn't know they own you know more yeah like a, a magazine that's like all the tv news how do you know they own hulu i didn't know that it's good, good because i have i have every streaming service known to man because i love tv um that makes sense because most of their stuff is like all the all the nbc shows are on there so yeah that makes sense yeah so um like i said uh it'll be going to hulu in 2021 so you still have i mean you still have quite a bit of quite a bit of time to get your you know to fill your your eyeballs with uh with office goodness but yeah since you already have hulu you have nothing to worry about i steal it from a friend just as good yeah, steal exactly. stealing photos, stealing Hulu, you know. Exactly. Well, I mean, we've been using the in-laws Netflix for. I mean, I can't even tell you yeah. how many years. I don't know when we're finally going to get busted off of that. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks, um, thanks Kelly for always, always keeping us the hookup with the Netflix. I mean, that started like, I mean, at least five years ago. It had to be more actually. It's got to be more than five years ago. One of our but, Patreon subscribers is letting me use his uh, HBO Go. I won't put his name out there because everybody will hit him up. But uh, I. I appreciate you, man, because that's, you know, I'm, cu- I'm still cutting the cord. I'm, I'm saving that Xfinity money. 
Dude, dude, sharing is caring when it comes to when it comes to these uh, networks. So uh, yeah, definitely, especially HBO Go, man. That's one of my favorites. I love me some freaking HBO Go. What are you currently watching on HBO? Nothing. I can never find anything on there to watch at all. Well, I, no, that are no, no that's that's wrong. No, that's wrong because I I am in the middle of watching Chernobyl and it's really good. That I mean, look, I'm not I'm not dissing Chernobyl because it's definitely on my list of must things or things to watch. Must things. But- must must things to watch dude hbo has some of the best series like known to man like oh yeah i mean i watched all of those when they were first i mean i've seen sopranos and i wasn't i can't get into the wire i don't like the wire but i mean i've entourage ballers freaking um freaking oh my god eastbound and down vice principles silicon valley um True Detective. Uh, what else is on there? Um, oh my God! What's the one from the nineteen twenties? Uh, the, oh, the Boardwalk f- Empire. And Bo- the one Boardwalk where they Empire. run the the one where they run the funeral homes. Good too. I forget the name. Oh that's, my God! Six yeah. Feet Under. Yep, Six Feet Under show. is amazing. Girls, Game of Thrones. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've watched on there. I mean, I, I love freaking. I, I love HBO so much. Have you seen um, the? Oh my God! It's <sighs> he's like a murderer. Oh my god! Barry, it's a documentary. Oh, no, uh, it's a documentary. It's not. Oh, uh, uh, the Adnan uh, Syed thing from Serial. <laughs> no, not the not okay, the. I'm gonna, stop, I'm gonna stop naming things. Oh my god! Um, Chris Benoit documentary. Oh Jesus, no! Um, <laughs> I know everybody's screaming it at me. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll think going of off it here. the rails here. I'll, I'll think of it here in a minute, but anyway, the fact that you said that you cannot find anything—oh, the Jinx! It's called—it's—it's it's called the Jinx. Um, it is a—it's an awesome freaking documentary. Really, really cool. Really creepy. Oh, I've never heard of um, that. Yeah, let me check. That yes. Out. So, if you like true crime, like murder stuff, um, it's about like Robert Durst. He's like this rich, this rich guy, and he commits these like you know murders. Anyway, I won't spoil it for you, but um, don't ever say you can't find something good to watch on HBO because okay. that's. All right. that's blasphemy i apologize hbo yeah all your shareholders exactly exactly uh yeah i didn't buy anything else um we did get clarification there were some rumors floating about that the macho man slim jim was going to be uh the pre-orders were only going to be fulfilled with whatever they have left over after san diego comic-con but that is not correct entertainment earth uh, got their own supply yeah. Uh, never get high on your own supply, but they are selling those separately from whatever is going on at San Diego Comic Con. So those orders even, will be filled. Even more important than that, the real Slim Jim Macho Man news is the freaking displays that have been popping up at like gas stations for Slim Jims. Have you seen this, Phil? Yeah, I why, posted it on Instagram. Why are people freaking out about these? What's so special about it? Because it's dope. It's a freaking Macho Man Slim Jim bust. It's like a, it's like an action figure on steroids. It's like, remember those? I mean, I guess you don't know because you weren't a girl, but they used to have these like Barbies that were like, it was like a bust, and you could like deck, you know, you know, play with their hair, hair and, and like, stuff. You know, yeah, no yeah, stuff. you know, it was like you know a build your own Barbie type of thing. Like I feel like this is like the same thing. It's like a, it's like a human size Macho Man. Um, and one of our awesome Chick Foley followers, Joey Harrison, um. At O-M-G-I-J-H. Oh, my God. It's Joe Harrison. That's what it stands for. He's been one of the, I mean, he's literally been with Chick Foley since I think, like, he was, like, one of my very first followers on Chick Foley. But he scored this Slim Jim Macho Man bust figure, and now I have, like, super, like, envy. I don't even know what I would do with this thing. Like, put it in the middle of my dining room table? I don't know. 
Who knows? Like, you don't even need to know what you need to do with is, this thing, but you, but it's cool, so you need it. And is there a certain be, store? Like, are there like set stores that they're at, or is it just random gas stations? I don't, I don't think so. I need to look and see. Um, I need to ask Joey which which specific gas station he got it at. But, um, dude, if you see this thing, I've seen, and I've seen it. You posted it to your IG story. Yeah, I just don't. Oh, know. I was talking. Yeah, I was talking to our audience. If you're out, oh, somewhere, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's, you I this, just assume you're always talking to me. Well, yeah, it's just me and you here, Phil. It's yeah. just it's just personal comment. Nobody else listens to this thing. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, if you're out there and you see this thing, like ask the freaking gas station attendant what you have to do to get this oh. thing. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, you just told all our listeners, oh my God, we're going to get in a lot of trouble now. I'm sure I'm sure the, the response from a gas station attendant at like 11 o'clock at night is going to be... Uh, Oh man, sorry, folks. She does not do, speak I, for me. I don't care. I don't care. Whip your slim Jim out. Do what you got to do. Oh, I don't man. care. <laughs> get get this figure. Get this bust. Luckily, I hand. have a car full of wine and uh, liquor that I can uh, bribe people with. So if I if I know what stores this is at, if you're listening, let us let us know. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll get one just to get one. I know. I need to look and see. I haven't. I haven't been brave enough to check the eBay listings to see what these things are going for because I'm sure the people who have gotten them have immediately posted them to um, to oh, the yeah. auction sites yeah. because you know these things are going to pull a pretty penny, especially once they're like once the displays have been taken down and they're gone. Um, these things are going to go through the roof, I believe. Because right now I just have my Slim Jims like just strewn about the house. It'd be nice to have a place to kind of you know put them in. You know, exactly. So all in one place. Listen, I, I don't even like Slim Jim is not even my jerky of choice, but I still feel like I need this in my life. I'll put all of my epic beef bars like around this Slim Jim figure, you know, like just yeah. put up. But it doesn't matter what kind of what kind of jerky you're loyal to. No, yeah. Um, just got to be loyal to the macho man. Exactly. All right, yeah. so that's uh, I have some things in the works for purchases for next week, so we'll uh, mm -hmm. that'll be expanded. We'll hopefully get closer to San Diego Comic Con. We'll have some news for that. Let's get into our random merch of the week. What do you got for us here, dude? Yeah. This is pretty cool. Um, as a recap, the bone saw gear has reappeared. Oh, um, it nice. was kind of, it was kind of off for a while, and I was like, oh my god, somebody bought the bone saw gear, and then sure enough, um, it has been relisted. So um, if you are in the market, Halloween is coming up. There is the Macho Man bone saw gear. Since we are talking about Macho Man, um, I wanted to let you guys know that. But that is not the random merch for this week. This week we have a complete, like a complete VHS set of volumes one through 19 of in WWF in your house. So this thing, um, the, the description reads as follows. Um, each one of these VHS tapes were viewed in real time and they were transferred to a DVD format. So he's selling them now. They're all in very good to excellent condition. Um, they are the original tapes. Let's see. This is not a best offer listing, so don't bother DMing this guy and asking him to lower his price um, because he will not go below the posted sale price. It's the complete collection of 19 tapes. You cannot. He's selling them as a lot only. Um, no individual tapes will be sold, and he comes with insured USPS shipping. How much do you have? You already looked at this listing. No, I'm trying to find oh. it. I can't find it on here. Okay, don't look at it. And then, how much do you think? this is going for how much do you there's think this is listed for? there's 19 vhs Ooh. in your house in in very good excellent condition i 
$399? Yes. That would be a bargain because these things are listed at $3,000. Oh, my God. For in-your-houses? What the fuck ever happened dollars. on an in-your-house? Uh, the first ever Hell in a Cell for one thing. Well, yeah, true. Not, <laughs> not the best Hell in a Cell, but the first one, yeah. Yeah, that was probably that was probably the best uh, the best in your house. So it was bad Hakushi blood. Hakushi versus Bret Hart. Um, Sean my Sean versus Mankind at Mind Games. Yeah. I, I that's a personal favorite. Um, well, I guess toward but, the end, like the Attitude Era, they were still calling it in your house, but they had yeah. So I I, I never think about those as in your houses because they kind of had like they were already branded as something else. But yeah, those were still in your houses, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the in your house format. I, I I don't know why I just always always liked it and I always thought there was some some really good things. But yeah, three thousand dollars a little rich wow. for my blood, yeah. especially for especially for a dead format i mean if it was less like i think you could make a really cool display out of these because the boxes do look really cool yeah i've thought about doing that with like old like with the major pay-per-views and i would yeah the only thing you could do is just make a cool display and it would look awesome but they get priced they get pricey especially when you get yeah series 97 and you know yeah all those like you know hard to find and like things Mm -hmm. were like big big events where things went down yeah those original vhs tapes they carry they're pretty penny which is so wild to me like it's it's so wild to me what people will pay for like these dead media like you know what i'm saying yeah i mean obviously if you could watch them you're not you know you're not gonna be able to see shit and they're probably pretty bad quality at this point 30 years later but yeah. yeah, I mean it's cool. It, I mean they would probably look cool in like a, a shadow box frame if you could get like year by year. You could do every pay per view. That's that's been my like. I want to do the new generation like ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, mm-hmm. and just get all of them. But uh, they get they get pretty expensive. And I think they're just going to keep going up and up as people clamor for anything nostalgia. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a, there's a chick that we follow on Chick Foley. I follow her on Instagram. I cannot think of her name. I wish I could give her a shout out because if I'll, I'll post her in the in the stories when I when I remember her name. But she goes back and watches like she's like a huge like horror um, fanatic, and uh, you know she's kind of hot. So I'm always like you know I love hot chicks that love horror. Um, and she always watches like old VHS. She has this like old TV. It's like a little like it's like a like 12 inch screen maybe, and it's got a VHS. Um, like a tape player in the bottom of it. And she's always watching like uh, her old horror VHSs in, in this little thing. And I'm like, that's pretty neat. I mean, I wouldn't watch it because I mean, who wants to watch like VHS? It looks like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I just think it's so cool. Like it, like you said, it just hits you right in the, in the nostalgia feels. For sure. I uh, ended up buying the uh, Attitude Era handheld video game. Yeah. <laughs> it arrived today in the mail and uh, I haven't. Have you unboxed it? I did. I made a little video. It was like ten seconds long, and um, but I haven't put va- uh, batteries into it because it, it requires a screwdriver. So that's where my uh, laziness kicked in. And I just put it, put it down, and I probably won't pick it up for a couple years. Oh, if you're anything like us, we had to go out and buy a toy screwdriver. Like Brett had this like one freaking dinosaur that required this like tiny screwdriver. Yeah, that's that what we- this one is. It's like a yeah. like an eyeglass sung- like uh, screwdriver. It's tiny. Dude, it was crazy because so we had the eyeglass screwdriver and it was like too small, but any other screwdriver was too big. So we had to go out and buy a specific screwdriver. We have it like we have it now. So I'm like, thank God, because every Christmas I'm sure we're going to be putting together shit with like fucking and it's got it's got a bunch of different like screw heads that are like meant for toys. And I'm like, okay. Cool, you know what I mean? Like we're 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 set. Please do not lose this thing, uh, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Christmas Eve's we're gonna be like cussing each other, like God dang it, why did we buy this 
fucking toy, you exactly. know, that require that requires this good fucking screwdrivers. But um, yeah, get yourself one of those and uh, and you'll be set because yeah, same thing. Like the the dinosaur stayed broken for like weeks, and I was like, God, I'm such a bad parent. Like Brett loves this freaking ty- Tyrannosaurus Rex, and like I'm too lazy to like go find a screwdriver to put batteries in this thing. <laughs> nice. And uh, so yeah, if you if you want those uh, three thousand dollars worth of in your house tapes, get on them now. Um, yeah. Retro wrestling recommendation of the week is from uh, as we as we mentioned the added the uh, the new generation. Yeah, this is from '94. Yeah, it's uh, from Royal Rumble '94. It's Undertaker versus Yokozuna. Um, I thought this was appropriate because uh, we talked about Phil's favorite figures of the year, the Ghostbusters figures, a little bit earlier on, and we had that um, that Ghost Taker. Right. Um, and I thought this match perfectly like embodied the ghost taker because all the heels came out and like ganged up on taker, shut him, shut him in the casket. And then his spirit levitated from the casket and like left the building. Um, if you haven't seen this, it's pretty wild to watch, um, especially nowadays. And I have a little fun fact for you. Um, the, the spirit that left the casket and levitated through the ceiling was actually Marty Jannetty in Undertaker gear. Sorry to break kayfabe. Really? Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I never thought. Yeah. So uh, definitely go back and go to your go to your network. Watch Royal Rumble '94 Undertaker versus Yokozuna. You can see the real Ghost Taker, and then once those Ghostbusters figures launch, you can grab yourself an action figure of Ghost Taker. This was this was one of my favorite times in wrestling, just because I was when I was growing up, and it was like I was like obsessed with WWF at the time. But this is an awful time period in wrestling. There's five matches on this card. Uh, the Royal Rumble was 55 minutes. The other four match- matches equaled up to about an hour. So this was a two-hour pay-per-view. Wow! Can Insane. you imagine the Royal Insane. Rumble being two hours? Yeah. Now, now the Royal Rumble was you know hour and a half. You know, yeah. How, how I don't so, know how it was. This was fifty five minutes, and the, are, are there supposed to be two two minutes between each person? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. um, yeah, this was the year Bret Hart and Lex Luger uh, co won the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. and went into WrestleMania ten. We saw the Quebecers beat Bret Hart and Owen Hart, and that's when you know, Owen kicked uh, Bret Hart's leg out of his leg. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we started off with Tatanka versus uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. It was just a, a, a weird time where, like, you know, they Ray's Ramon and Diesel hadn't like risen to the this, the heights that they would over the next year or so, and they he's just lost uh, Hogan and Savage and all these guys. So uh, the company was looking for stars. Bret Hart was kind of yeah. the guy, but yeah, uh, yeah not something I, re- I look back on. I look back on it fondly, but if you try to watch shows like this, it's not uh, not as good as you remember. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the highlight is definitely seeing all those special effects that went into making you know a spirit arise in the middle of the arena. Yeah, I was bummed out when he uh, when when the Undertaker lost, and you know he he wasn't around. They kept him off TV. I think till SummerSlam is when he fought the fake Undertaker. Was it? Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I was like clamoring. Undertaker was my shit back in the day, man. He was my guy. And yeah. uh, I remember reading the WF magazine. They had an article where he was like, 
they probably superimposed it, but he was in like India in front of like a pyramid, and then he was in like in front of the Eiffel Tower, and I was like, oh man, he's still alive, cool. Oh you know? my god, yeah. I don't know why, but I can totally picture those those photos right now. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. those like poorly photoshopped photos of him in like front of the pyramids and in <laughs> yeah. front of the Eiffel Tower. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's amazing. Cool throwback match. Uh, we have a bunch of listener mail. We're going to get to as many as we can today. And uh, any ones we do not get to, we will cover on next week's show. Let's yeah, do for these, sure. Uh, rapid fire. Let's start with the MVP, though. Let's start with the yeah. MVP. I'm going to start with the MVP, Marco Denton. He says, what's up, my favorite people? First off, I love the response you two gave to my pet peeve question. I think you should consider doing a podcast on just that. It was hilarious. Thank you, Marco. Anywho, this question is wrestling-based, so here it goes. I'm working on my next review, and it's about Paul Heyman's baby, uh, Paul Heyman's baby ECW. This got me thinking about today's stars competing in that environment. My question to both of you is, who do you think today would be able to compete and shine in the original ECW, not the not the WWE version, and what dream match would you like to see? As always, uh, you guys keep on fighting the good fight. Positive vibes to you both. Peace. Hmm. So, who who do you think in today on to, on the roster now would be a good fit for ECW? I, I think I have a good one. I hope. Um, I hope that our Chick Fil A fam agrees. I think Adam Cole would oh, be a okay. would be a really good fit for ECW. He's definitely shown that he can hang in like a hardcore match. He had a hardcore match with Aleister Black. He's had two War Games matches um, that he looked great in. And if you've seen any of his stuff prior to um, NXT, he can cut like a pretty good R-rated promo. So I would say Adam Cole would be my pick to to like thrive in the ECW environment. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Rhino? I think Rhino would do good. Rhino? No, just cause he was in, he was in ECW back in the day. I was, I was like, awful joke. Well, I was, yeah, I was like, wait a <laughs> minute. <laughs> I, th- I, I, th- I think he would, I think he would be amazing. He, <laughs> he, he can, he can fight women like a beast. A couple of people come to mind. Alistair Black, just because of his look. I don't know who, who we'd match up the best with, but he kind of fits that extreme look. And mm-hmm. uh, I think Chad Gable, you could put him in like a, a, a suplex match or something with uh, Taz, and he could really shine and be kind of a mat-based guy. And uh, it, well, it wasn't really extreme, but they had some really good – I mean, we had you know Rob Van Dam back in the day. You had yeah. some you know, Jericho for a little spell there. So you had some really good wrestlers in their prime. I think Gable – would be a cool addition there. Yeah, I was thinking for like my uh, dream match, maybe like uh, RVD and Ricochet. I think that would be a really oh good, my God. like that would be high. Awesome. Fl- yeah, that'd be like a good high flying match uh, for sure. I like it. Yeah. Um, thanks, Marco. Thanks for the question. You, uh, as always, you're a rock star. Let's get to our next question. This one comes in um, from our buddy Raw is Ryan. He says, "Hey guys." First off, I would like to thank you both um, and the FIG community for the outpouring of support and encouragement thrown my way while in the hospital dealing with some semi-serious issues. It truly means a lot, and it really lifted my spirits, especially when I was broken mentally, physically, and emotionally. Dude, Ryan, that's what we're here for, man. We, oh, yeah, dude. We, we, yeah, we love you, and we're so glad that you are on the mend, my man. Um, he says, now on to my question. Disregarding the wild card rule, which brand has the better roster when it comes to, um, and then he put male roster, 
female roster and tag teams. And he says, look at the roster post mania draft, not including the wild card rule. So he means, um, you know, who has the best male roster out of Ross SmackDown and NXT, who has the best female roster out of Ross SmackDown and NXT, and who has the best tag team roster out of raw SmackDown and NXT. Um, for me, I'm going to say the best male roster definitely goes to Monday night raw. I mean, they got Rollins, they have, uh, I mean, so they used to Roll, have Bray Rollins Wyatt. and Styles at the top is is hard to beat. You know what I mean? Those two guys, shit. Those, yeah, those two guys um, alone. I mean, and then they got Ricochet. They got freaking. Um, <laughs> they got the the freaking thousand dollar Broski, uh, Zack Ryder. Yep, so yep. and uh, so yeah, they got a lot of good. They got a lot of good talent. They got. Um, wait, is Dolph a Raw superstar? Or is he on SmackDown? This, this question is hard. I, I sent you a link a couple weeks ago of someone who put like a spreadsheet together on the Squared Circle Reddit page of like every superstar yeah. currently signed and it has them broken up by brand and I had to pull it up because the wild card rule, I don't think Re- Reigns has been on SmackDown in like three weeks, but he's on, he's a SmackDown he's guy. Smackdown. He yeah. was like SmackDown's big, big grab. Yeah. <laughs> SmackDown has, I mean, you look at Ali, Andrade, Aleister Black, you have a lot of guys who were maybe a year or two away from being huge main event type of guys kevin owens there i think raw is probably more top heavy this is how it usually is raw is more top heavy but i think you have more able bodies that can go on on smackdown so i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you on raw i think for the women it's hard it's hard to ignore that nxt women's roster right now with bianca belair uh casey Catanzaro's fun to watch mia yim io shirai and of course uh, sharon corbin <laughs> Um, I cannot, I cannot disagree with you about the women's NXT roster being like amazing. And those women are freaking awesome. Um, you know, Shayna Baszler, like all, all those, you know, they got the, the horse women down there, but I'm going to have to go with SmackDown. I mean, they, they got Asuka, they got Bailey, they got Becky Lynch, they got Charlotte, they got Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane. Uh, they got the women's tag champions, the Iconics. Um, did I say Ember Moon already? But yeah, yeah they got yeah, okay, yeah. So they got Ember Moon, you know, Sonya and Mandy. Um, yeah, they got they got a lot going on Kyrie for them. Saint, yeah, you said Kyrie. Yeah. No, you didn't say Kyrie Sane, but yeah, she yeah. yeah, they were pretty stacked there. Yeah, they and have, Carmella. They got Carmella too. Yeah. Let's not forget about her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the uh, SmackDown Live women is definitely stacked. So you're going with NXT or SmackDown? I'm gonna go NXT. I like some okay. of those younger younger ladies. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I think uh, for the the tag the tag teams, I think it's got to be it's got to be NXT in my in my opinion. They got uh, Birch and Lorcan. They got the Forgotten Sons, Street Profits, Undisputed Era. I mean, those guys are like incredible. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'm going with I'm going with NXT overall. I mean, there's some great SmackDown or some great tag teams on the main roster but if you're just going as like a whole i think nxt's got it one yeah now that we have you know uh new day on smackdown new day still on smackdown yeah new day is on they SmackDown. can be new day can be on anything remember champions advantage kofi kofi said they can be on any show that they want to oh, because okay That's because good. he's the champion technically they are smackdown um but he when he showed up on Raw, he like I think it was Sami Zayn that called him out on the wild card rule, and he was like, "Oh, there's already been four superstars. Like you're not supposed to be here." I saw I saw the uh, the roster backstage, which was so weird. I'm like, 
I thought this was supposed to be a surprise. Like it was just first person who shows up for this wild card. Well, now there's yeah. like a, a roster backstage. Um, but then Kofi was like, you know, well, I can show up on whatever show I want. So they, they, they're going to show up everywhere. I'm going to have to go with raw because you have, uh, the Viking experience. You got AOP. Whenever they come back, people seem to forget about them, but you get, those are four shit kicker dudes. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Usos, obviously probably my favorite tag team in the company. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I can't forget about Hawkins and Ryder. So yeah, you're pretty stacked. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty stacked. Yeah, I give you that. I'm still going with um, I'm still going with NXT after that freaking ladder match at the last Takeover. Man, I'm like that, NXT, yeah, yeah. NXT tag teams for life. Like that's yep. that's where tag that's where tag team wrestling is. Um, but Ryan, thank you so much. Yeah, great for, question, man. For that question, and again, uh, we're so happy you're on the mend, and we're so happy we could be a small part in making you feel uh feel good during your recovery. But uh. What questions we we asked the Facebook community today for some questions and we got some really good ones. So do you have those pulled up or you want me to pull one out of the hat? Uh, I can pull them up here. Yeah, let me just uh Zach Egloff asks, if you could put one wrestler from any era onto the current roster and have them be in their prime, who would it be and how would you book them? Hmm. Do you have an answer for this or do you God. do you want me to go first? Yeah, go, Are you okay? go first. Yeah, I think I just Did had you a die? No, that was a sneeze. Oh my God! Yeah, that's one of those like those one of those like grandpa sneezes. Yeah, yeah, I got the dad sneeze. I guess. Oh my God! Approaching grandpa sneeze. Yeah. (laughs) Next level. Um, I would have to say I would probably. I mean, this is probably not going to surprise anyone. I would put Bret Hart. Um, into the current roster and I would book him kind of like how he was booked toward the end of his WWF run, you know, in the 96, uh, like the end of 96, uh, all through 97, just kind of like being the best wrestler on the, on the roster and being technically the best, but just kind of being whiny about it. You know what I mean? And kind of being like a heel and kind of, um, you know, everybody kind of like hating you because you're whining even though you're so good but also like they can't hate you too much because you are so fucking good um i think that's kind of how i would i would book bret hart um just kind of in a modern in the modern era well this is where we differ because i have to say as much of as an asshole as he was Shawn michaels in his prime against uh aj styles and seth rollins and adam cole would be you know a dream all three would be dream matches and i'm sure all three of those guys looked up to him so i mean oh yeah you can definitely tell that there is there is Shawn michaels inspiration in in all three of those guys for sure i mean they they definitely have shades of shades of Shawn michaels so i'm sure he was definitely one of their their big inspirations but um yeah any one of those matches Shawn michaels in his prime versus either any of those three guys like dude that would be so sick. Even, even though, even though you know how I feel about Shawn Michaels for the most part, um, but I'm, I'm totally on for that. Yeah, I was I was thinking Stone Cold at first, but you you couldn't do as much fun stuff as you could back in the day with him. So it would be it would be a waste. Oh yeah, if, if Stone Cold only works in the attitude era you know what i mean like that that gimmick was built for the attitude era um so anything pg would just not you know we all even when stone cold shows up now like we still like we know like we 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 kind of throw ourselves back into the attitude era even though he can't like you know throw birds and say drink beer fuck beer or like fuck beer drink beer um and all those things um i believe they made a shirt that said that it's unbelievable 
It's so freaking amazing. Like, I don't know why I never had that shirt. Um, but I remember in my school, all Stone Cold, I think actually, I think all wrestling shirts were banned. It started out with the, the DX and the Stone Cold shirts were banned because they said, you know, suck it and you know, all those things. Um, but then it got to be where all wrestling shirts were, were banned from, from my school as part of the dress code. You could not wear wrestling shirts. Of course I'm from the, like the Bible belt, small town, you know, like that was like, it was, totally against <laughs> against anything you had to wear shorts down to your knees and all that kind of stuff uh great question man that was that yeah, was really thanks, good stuff Zach. kenny zaroski zaroski uh good dude uh, what is the most underrated figure to be released so far this year hmm. you want, take it do you want me to go or are you gonna sneeze again uh no i'm good no sneezes i'm gonna pull okay. up uh, ringside collectibles to see what came out this year because i have the memory of a old old man that sneezes a lot so. well you you don't have a worse memory than me i have like double mom brain but um i'm gonna have to say elite 67 randy orton is probably one of the most underrated figures you know it, it it's just it kind of think it's one of those figures that kind of gets glossed over because because it is a Randy Orton figure, you know, and we have a ton of Randy Orton figures. But to me, this is like the perfect likeness of Randy Orton. Like they totally nailed it. It's like the most like modern Randy Orton. It's got, he's got the hands, the interchangeable hands with like the, he's got the fist and then he's got the, um, the entrance hands, you know, that he, where he's doing his pose on the, um, you know, turnbuckle and all that. But, uh, I I think that's just a great figure. And I think it's one that again, like I said, just kind of gets kind of lost in the shuffle because it is, a Randy Orton figure. Yeah, I'm on uh I'm on uh, wrestlingfigures.com, Ringside Collectibles and uh I'm I'm going to go back to these Bludgeon Brother figures. They're they're only 15.99. The whole series is 15.99 on here, which is crazy yeah. cuz they're still in stores for for 20 bucks. So, and if you have patience and you can wait it out for some of these figures. I mean, obviously they they, they the prices are high when they first come out cuz that's when the demand is so high. I mean, that's how you run yeah. a, run a business. Uh yeah. all, to all the smarks out there that criticize ringside. <laughs> but um that's another story for another day. I'm going to I'm going to go back to these Luke Harper and Eric Rowan figures because uh today's wrestlers are not the most um creative characters. It's everyone's kind of just themselves, you know, but mm-hmm. these guys yeah. with the with the uh, the masks they come with, with the outfits, they. J- I'm really excited to get them out of the box, and I think I am going to pull the trigger on these tonight with the, on that Kmart app. But uh, dude, the the detail, like I said, I'll, I'll probably post. I'll I'll make that one public because uh, I posted it on the Patreon like a really long time ago when we first started. But um, the details, <clears throat> excuse me, on these figures is just insane. Like the coats and like the dusters and everything, like. I mean, they're, they're unique in their own way. Like they didn't just use the same sculpts on both. Like they, they both have unique sculpts. They both have unique paint jobs. Um, the patchwork and everything on the, the coat and, you know, those types of things, you know, you guys know, I'm not a huge fan of like the rubber clothes and like the rubber, the clamshell type shirts. Um, but anytime there's like a coat or something that requires a lot of detail, obviously these rubber coats are, are the best because they can get the most, the most detail. And they did not spare any on these bludgeon brothers because they just look amazing. The hair looks amazing. And obviously they have the true effects technology. They nailed the face scans. Um, yeah, these are freak. I, I agree. These are definitely underrated figures, and once you have them in hand, I mean, they just feel so nice. Can you believe I have? I've been buying these figures since we've been doing the podcast. I have yet to open up a true FX figure. I don't think I have opened one yet. 
to see. Really? Yeah, I haven't opened up any of you know the ones that I've bought that I've gotten recently. They've all they haven't been opened. Um, I love I love the True Effects. The scans look. I mean, they look like worlds better. Yeah. The one thing I will say about the True Effects is like all the eyes kind of look like silvery, glossy. You know what I mean? Like they kind of like have like a White Walker type. Oh, really? Like looking eyes. So yeah, um, you know that's the only thing I'll say is like sometimes the eyes. I'm like, oh my god, they're like they're White Walker eyes. But um, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think that is a great a great figure for your for your underrated figure for sure. So thanks, Kenny, so much for that question. Good job, Kenny. Appreciate it, man. Uh, next up, Mike Lanham, uh, another one of my favorites and another uh, fellow member of the retro uh, retro army. Can you take you can take one guy or gal from AEW and one from WWE and trade them straight up? Drastically improves both shows immediately. Who are they and why? Huh. Um. So from WWE. So okay. So we're so just to clarify for you guys, we're taking a, a a talent from AEW and WWE, and we're trading them on the rosters. And this trade is supposed to improve both rosters. I would say I would take um, Dolph from WWE and give him to AEW, and I would take Hangman from AEW and give him to WWE reasoning. I think Dolph has proven that he is, he's a main eventer. I mean, he's a draw. Um, I think given the freedom and the creative freedom in AEW, he could really shine. I think, excuse me. I think Dolph as like a hardcore, like dirty heel in that kind of setting where he, like, again, where he can have the creative freedom. I think he could really, really thrive and we know he can wrestle. Like he's amazing. Um, so I think putting him in an environment like that would really, really show what he's capable of. Um, and for hangman, I think he's just a new and upcoming, like young talent. I think he would just, you know, really, he would be good in WWE. I think he would shake things up and, you know, bring a lot of talent to, to the current roster. Oh, I don't know if this is even, but I think it would make both shows better. I think uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is more of a style for, you know, he's not the best talker on the mic, but his Mm in-ring skills are probably one of the better in the company. And, you know, you could just put him as a a badass heel opposite some of these guys like Cody Mm -hmm. and and Hangman. And I would bring over Kenny Omega and see if he really is the best in the world and put him against... You know Rollins and Seth uh, and AJ and and, yeah, and just have some of the best matches possible because I don't want him to come over, you know, ten years from now when he's too old and you know we're just getting rehashes of rehashes. I think having him on on the WWE roster would would be an awesome. He'd be an instant. Both of them be instant main eventers when they go wherever they they switch spots. So for sure, awesome. Thanks so much, Mike, uh, for that question. We got time for a couple more. Yeah, we're whoa, about to hit two hours. Two hours. Oh my here. gosh! Yeah, dude, if we're burning the midnight oil over here on the East Coast, bro. I know, I know, man. I and I just closed the page that had all the damn questions on it, so that's not. Let me, bad. let me, let me pick one, and we'll we'll you do we'll, yeah. we'll do one we have, more. We have a couple Comic Con ones. We'll save those for next week. We'll do next week or the week after. We'll do a full, full Comic Con preview episode. Yeah. So this one, um, this one comes from Corey Handy. He says, "What's the one figure you regret not getting right away?" Oh, I don't know, Corey. That's a tough one. I, I'm trying to think back of something that I kind of um, didn't pull the trigger on um, that I that I regretted. What about you? I've told the story on the show where I 
was really not big into collecting or didn't know like I was collecting, but I didn't know how th- rare things were. And I saw the Harley race a couple times and I was like, eh, I'm, you know, I have no interest in this figure. I have no attachment to Harley race and don't really want a King Harley race figure. But uh, knowing what I know now and how everyone, no one was able to get them. I should have, right. pr- should have probably grabbed them. So that's on, that's on me. Yeah, yeah, definitely passing on Harley Race. Uh, looking back is a uh, is a is a poor move, um, especially even if you even if you just threw them up in the you know, auction sites. I mean, Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. those things were going for a pretty penny. I don't know how much they're going for right now, but uh, you know, yeah. yeah, those that's like that's like passing up those initially. Like if you saw Pete Dunn or like Queen Sherry or any of those figures that were like the store exclusives. Um, I'm still trying to think. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna. Have have to punt on this one because I can't think of a figure that I, re- I regret not getting right away because one, you we're get pretty impulsive right away. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the heel husband and I are pretty impulsive. So if we see something we're, we're going to grab it for the most part, or if it's something that we really want, we're going to order it online to make sure that we, to make sure that we get the pre-order. So if I come up with something, I will definitely update um, on next week's show. But uh, thank you guys all for sending in those awesome questions and we appreciate it. We'll read the rest of them on next week's show. But I think that's, I think that's all we got for this week, man. We had a, we had a jam. Yeah. Jam pack show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Be sure to check out our friends over at collar and elbow. It's collar and elbow brand.com. Use code chick. For ten percent off, I just saw them posted a, a picture of Eric Bischoff in one of their hoodies, and now I need to buy it because it looks super <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, check us out Patreon.com/slash Chick Foley Show. Uh, Sheena will have an Ultimate Editions unboxing dropping later this week. I'm going to do mm-hmm. a uh, unboxing of Retro Series Ten from the uh, the figures that I bought from uh, Ringside Collectibles that finally arrived. And, uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chick Foley, at Chick Foley Show. Uh, We'll be back here next week with a brand new episode. We appreciate the support, you guys. Our numbers continue to grow every single week here. And uh, more and more people seem to be digging what we're doing. So we appreciate you guys and keep spreading the word. Thank you so much. Uh, So for myself and Sheena, we are out of here. Anything else? But what are are your plans for 4th of July, Sheena? What What are you doing? I don't know. We don't know yet. Um, when we used to, when we lived here before, we're kind of in the Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads, Norfolk area. Um, we would go, when we lived in Virginia Beach, we lived right across from this place called Mount Trashmore. Um, it used to be a landfill and then they covered it up and made like this like beautiful park out of it. So it's called Mount Trashmore and they always have amazing fireworks over there. So the um, heel husband's parents, my in-laws are going to be here for, for 4th of July. So I'm not sure what we're going to do, but I definitely want to make sure that we see some good, some good fireworks because the baby face absolutely loves them and we'll probably cook out and make some damn hot dogs and chips and all the all the cookout food and we'll probably be unpacking all of our shit because uh, we're going to be doing that for for a while what do you got on the what do you got on the docket for fourth of july uh not too much drinking some beers gonna the town here has a big parade that we'll probably go to and i don't know if we've never been able to keep my son awake well we never tried to keep him awake for uh the fireworks to start it's always like around nine o'clock at night so mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah. gonna try that this year we'll see but uh fourth of july is one of my favorite holidays get to hang out with family and friends and just have some cold beers and eat some stuff off the grill and Take the day off work, and it's nice. It falls on a Thursday, so I don't think anybody's going to be working on Friday. So you get that built-in yeah, four-day four weekend. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, so you guys out there, as you're celebrating, make sure you stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Enjoy the holiday. Um, have yourself some some cold ones. I'll be drinking some kombucha, wishing it was uh, wishing it was beer. But next Fourth of July, God willing, I will not be pregnant, <laughs> I be able, and I will be able to uh, throw back some cold ones with you guys. Well, I'll drink one for you, Sheena. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back here next week. Stay classy, Marks. Trying to think that there is not not one person, not one singular person here that is man enough to pick a fight with. Mwah.